Welcome to Comtrack, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. So we are back in our second installment of the Coronetto Trilogy. I'm Tim Lifefight, your host. I'm Hannah. And I'm Martha. And this is our new microphone. Yes, we sound significantly better than uh, the Shaun of the Dead. Still working on bugs and tweaks, but hopefully we'll sound just about good enough where it's not like... Why? <laughs> My voice will no longer be like a grating pain in your soul where you're like, shut this bitch up and let Tim talk. Oh my god. It's so pretty mm-hmm. too. It's got ne- it's got curves. It's soft in some places. Are you sure you're talking about my microphone, or are you just talking about Hannah? <laughs> Go to the homepage to see nude pics of our new microphone. All on contract the fa- uh, on the Facebook page, and the, yes, there is a link description of our new contract Facebook page down below. But enough of our stuff. Let's talk about our next f- film in the series, which is the next in the Cornetto, Hot Fuzz. This was listed as my... Fuzz, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this was listed as my favorite film on my college dorm room door, where they gave us a sheet and told us to write our favorite film and our favorite... So I think... This is the film I made everyone in my family watch. Oh. That's how you know it's my favorite film. I will make you watch it. You'll force your mother to watch it and be like, I don't understand. Yeah, like you should see her watching Monty Python. She's like, what, I, what are they mean? saying? I don't understand their accents. <laughs> I love my mom, like, but she can't watch Monty Python. Oh, I showed my grandparents Shaun of the Dead, and it was very much like, we've been sitting here for an hour and a half. I haven't seen any zombies, and this is stupid. <laughs> See, I, I showed my mother the Cornetto trilogy. She didn't really much like Shaun of the Dead, but that's because, you know, she was, like, not really so much into horror movies. But she really enjoyed Hot Fuzz. Um, like, she enjoyed that one most of all, and I think for some reason this one speaks to most people. And that's probably why it's the most popular. Because, like, we always, like, you know, say that Shaun of the Dead is really great, Hot Fuzz is clearly the best, but um, World's End is our favorite. It's the perfect St. Paddy's Day movie. Too. Hell yes, and that's coming up, actually. You that's... just lost all your Irish fans by telling them to watch British films on St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about drinking. It is a good drinking movie. If you're an introvert and you want to get smashed. Uh, yeah, The World's End is really good, but that's going to be our next episode. One drink per pub, or one shot, if you're brave. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Please don't. You will destroy your liver. I'm actually amazed that... When when we first did that, Hannah was able to go as long as she can. I made it to the beehive, puked, and then I think I made the rest of the way. Yes, after. you did. You had to pause the film, and I threw up, so mm-hmm. I don't know if it counts. Yeah, it kind of counts. We'll save the rest of that story for when we watch the world. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I was about, about to, the world's end. I was about to say that's going to be our next episode, which I'm calling our um, St. Patrick's Day Hangover movie night. Okay. Yeah, it's because it's, it, I mean, it's literally right around the corner, oh, so yeah. I figure that'll really work. Um, but no, back to Hot Fuzz. Yeah, Hot Fuzz, uh, uh, ooh, this, this is if Michael Bay was good, <laughs> isn't it, it? It just takes, like, the things that you love about those big, bad American action movies and puts a lot of thought and wit into them. So yes. you still get to see the action scenes and the explosions, but you get to see a good movie at the same time, which is so hard to do. And it's a buddy cop drama on top of all of that, mm. and comedy. Well, even better, it's just laugh out loud 
funny. Oh man! Like the jokes, my God! It's it's amazing some of the stuff that they were able to pull off. And it's very realistic cop work. I've heard a lot of police officers really love this movie because it shows the boring parts of police yes. work. Yes, so the well. of paperwork. Click click. Where's the pen with that clicks? Click, <laughs> and, click. The, and they edit it though to make all these mundane things to look like action-packed sequences, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. Yeah, if you're and as an English major, I can appreciate how they did Romeo and Juliet in this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> it's almost that like... That is an accurate representation of what most Shakespeare films are to me. Well, it, it was a parody of the Baz Luhrmann one. As you can see, they've got the, the knight in shining armor, the yeah. angel costume. Yeah, exactly. And they go for... Love it, me, love me, say that you love me. <laughs> yeah, and like, that's the thing about a lot of Shakespeare. They try... Whenever they do an adaptation of it, they try so hard to be hip. They try too hard, and like, and then they just end up copying Buzz Lerman because they're lazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare adaptations just just put them in some modern clothes and don't fuck with it too much, please. Yeah, yeah. no, that's it's but yeah. anyway, um, yeah. So like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I gotta. I don't know if there's anything else that we can say about this movie. It's um, amazing. Well, well, I mean. Uh, because honestly, I think this movie does action better than most like actual American ones nowadays. Oh yeah. Um, which is really str- well. Actually, I shouldn't be too surprised because when you actually go back and look at Edgar Wright's style, mm-hmm. um, like you go see in uh, Spaced and uh, Shaun of the Dead, it feels like his style has been building up to this moment to literally just like. Um, be an action movie because when you look at his the, the way he edits and the way he shoots with all these whip pans and zooms and crazy scene transitions it feels like all of that has been built up for this one movie because edgar wright has been always uh he's always wanted he, or his style has always lent itself to action comedy you know it's a smart, dumb action film. It is simultaneously yes. a love letter to Michael Bay and a harsh, constructive criticism which, of it. Which, you know, I <laughs> hey, still... Michael Bay, this is how you should do an action film. Right? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> there's a lot of shots that he clearly copied from Michael Bay movies. Literally to the point where I'm saying, I am blatantly copying this shot. Like, you see them watching Bad Boys 2. They have the exact same shot later on. And it's funny as hell. Uh, so. Have you seen Bad Boys 2? There's my Krabby Bitters accent. <laughs> I know, this movie makes me want to see like Bad Boys 2 and Point Break. Like, I okay, need to I, go. Okay. I've never seen either of those. Okay, movies. see, I've ha- I have seen Point Break many, many times. You should watch Point Break because the bromance between Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze is amazing. Like, it's... Plus, Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves are in it, so... Yes. Uh, I mean, my attention's held. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, th- those two... Well, I have not seen Bass Boys 2 because... I'm sorry, I just have a really bad... Um, repu- or just like a real... I just have a really... Uh, um, a like- be- I have a beef with Michael Bay himself because of what he did to me with Pearl Harbor. <laughs> oh, man. Pearl Harbor hurts still. It is still. Nothing's more of a cool, fun action movie than the death of American soldiers. Like, oh like... yeah, no, right? Because um, like... and now my boyfriend's dead. I don't, but he's alive. I don't like Michael Bay because of a Transformers and B when Sean Connery, my love, worked on like The Rock with him. He walked off that set and never wanted to speak to that son of a bitch again. His words. Well, Man. I, I don't Defend blame him. Defend your husband there. Yeah, <laughs> but... Sean, if you're listening, yeah. the single. <laughs> 
I've, I've just watched a lot of James Bond, so he's been on my brain. Um, <laughs> Mr. Connery, I, I, I too believe that you are the one and only James Bond. So, and um, I, I love you as Indy's dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I haven't seen any James Bond. I know him as Indy's dad. Yeah, I'll be... and that's when every film vouch... person doesn't listen to a word I say. I, can I vouch that for like the next series that we do? We watch the Sean Connery James Bond films. There's like six of them. That and, wouldn't be a bad and, like, idea. They're good, but laughable at the same time that... and not intentionally. <laughs> the little nurse sharks in the pond that I wanted to kiss so much. I saw you watching them. I'm like, oh, that's cute. We'll, like, it's we'll a defi- villainous trap. <laughs> we'll definitely make that like a, uh, a James Bond month down the line. Okay. Um, but for now, we're going to focus on uh, Edgar Wright and his comedic genius. So, um, yeah. Oh, and speaking of James Bond, there is a James Bond. In this movie, yeah. Timothy Dalton. Oh yeah, Simon Skinner. He's a uh, James Bond. You know that's the, you know. I, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. Now I all really comes full circle. Well, see, Ooh. now I really, really wish that in yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Doctor Who. Oh, oh okay. Is <laughs> it Doctor Who? Yeah, in like in the ten, in one of the, like I think ten doc, the tenth Doctor, the end of time. That movie, he played like a time lord that like wanted to like end time itself or i for it's been a while since i've seen the movie so don't quote me on that so, okay yeah. we should start um well actually i was just gonna say before. before we do now i'm really disappointed at Shaun of the dead because imagine if they had sean connery in that movie as like a zombie even if it was just a cameo and then he'd be a sean who was dead <laughs> <laughs> i'm just no i'm saying that because the um the, uh hot fuzz has another james bond uh, which is Timothy Dalton, but World's End also has a James Bond, uh, Pierce Bronson. Yes. So that would make the, compo- the the trilogy more or less complete. Oh. Like, see, oh man. Go back in time. I'm sure and Sean Connery right. wasn't in Shaun of the Dead. I mean, Sean, Sean, come on. <laughs> yeah, but was oh there God. any mention of a Connery? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think there was any character names after that, but... Or just him dressed up as a zombie. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, see, I would have loved it if he was like the uh, the barkeep of the, oh, uh, the Winchester. Yeah, dude. John. Like, yeah, that would. I remember his name now because of Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I seen Billy Joel last episode. Yeah. So yeah, well, I, I guess that. Well, I mean, in all fairness, Edgar Wright didn't really foresee this becoming like a weird ice cream and blood trilogy yeah, thing. Yeah, he had significantly less money. Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, that's what we should call the trilogy. And just... turn it to the Cornell trilogy, like a song of ice and blood. A song of ice and blood. That's that's a cool fan name. I love that. Do 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 from Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> well, Mr. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we should start the movie, uh, shall we? So I, you guys get at home, like, if you don't want to hear us bullshit for, like, an hour and a half, like, for, like, half an hour before we start. It's you 11 can, minutes. Don't beat yourself up. Whatever. <laughs> Either way, you can. we st- we tend to bullshit a lot. Um, so uh, if you want to, like, skip ahead, there's, like, actually a sync bu- button below, and we will do this for every single episode. You just hit the button, and uh, we will be sunk up with your audio. So we are going to start in three, two, one, playing. And there's the Universal Pictures da, da, da. logo. I don't know the theme. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, what, what plays over the beginning, because, you know, we watch these things on mute, obviously. But what plays, like, uh, for you listeners there, you're hearing, like, a lot of uh, police sirens. 
it's actually uh, Edgar Wright actually tracked down every single um, kind of police siren that's ever been used all over the world and combined them into this weird, mu- almost musical kind of thing. So it's it, yeah. So uh, every single one of these police siren sounds is use some over over the uh, I love the that entrance. Oh this the really long shot. Yes, the the long shot cuz this is I wonder if Simon Pegg is like how far do I have to walk? You just have to walk the just hallway. Just keep walking. No, see this this is straight up Monty Python tribute. Oh, yeah. Like straight up. Like it, you, Oh, he wants to come in and be like it's That's ex- no, that's exactly what it is. Like it, at least from my standpoint, it's like a total Monty tribute to Monty Python's uh, intro. And then we get right away our exposition. Nicholas Angel. (laughs) Who, of course, was, you know, it's so weird that Nicholas Angel is named after the music supervisor of both this film and Shaun of the Dead. I mean, I really don't know what the reasoning behind that is, but I I guess he's just like a really, really cool guy. Well, he's a cool guy with a cool name. In junior high, I knew a kid named Ethan Stone. I didn't like him or hate him in any way, but I'm like, I'm naming a book character after you. Why? Because your name's Ethan Stone. <laughs> it's fucking cool, man. Yep. He's got the baton of honor, like, just listing all these crazy amounts of things. This <laughs> shot actually reminds me, like, when he's looking at with the audience, um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost were in full uniform while they were shooting, but apparently some of the uh, the uh, people walking through the set or the location or whatnot... Uh, the cycling. Thought he was an actual. Yeah, he. Th- they thought they were actual police officers, and they were actually like you know trying to help out, and it gave them like a sense of power almost. Yeah, and they just fucked with them. Because <laughs> yeah, they exactly, because they totally could. So no, this is just asking to... for directions and stuff. Like solve a murder and walk off. And then, then we have this little bit right here: crack down, shake down, and take down. And those jokes come by so fast. Oh, yeah. So fast. Like, there are tons of jokes that are literally... A man, in it. just as Father Christmas. Oh, yes. Hi, Peter Jackson. Yep. Mm. I love it because uh, I love the eyes. Uh. Like, it's Peter Jackson. <laughs> but, yeah, there's, like... I, I love the... I also love the uh, the joke in this whole thing where the, like, really brief cameos, you don't see their face, which defeats the whole purpose of having a cameo. Oh, yeah, isn't Kate Blanchett in it as uh, one of the, the CSI? She, yeah, he, she plays his... Whatever ex- England's equivalent. Yeah, she plays his ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah, you so, can't see her face. But you can't see her face, and that's what makes the the the, the joke of the cameo even funnier. It's but, like in early South Park where George Clooney was like, oh, can I be on an episode? And they're like, you're a gay dog. What's, <laughs> what's my line? Oh, you bark. <laughs> like, okay. Sure, why not? Um, and Because, and, you know, jokes like that just come by so fast. Uh, literally to the point where you have to, like, pause it because it's in there for literally, like, three frames. And well, that's it. Not that you pause it. It's that on your second or third watch when you don't have to pay attention to the monologue. That's when these jokes pop out at you. And that's why I like his films is the re-watchability of them. Oh, yeah, that's true. But um, I- I'm also thinking of, like, the uh, the gag that comes in later when uh, Sergeant Butterman is looking through the DVDs. And he throws it back into the bin. If you look very, very closely, it's in there for like literally two frames. Like the description the, on the back. Is no, like... there's a movie in the bin called Zombie Party, and it's uh, based off the art of Shaun of the Dead. Oh, oh wow. So it's in there for literally That's just... That's an alternative title, Zombie Party. It... Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. But they could, they didn't want to put it in there because they felt it would probably be a little bit too cheeky. But it is in there, and it's for like literally just like two frames. And I love the fact that you can go back, you know, with your Blu-ray or DVD or whatever and just pause and see these jokes because they go by so fast and they're so fu- they're so funny. 
And speaking of funny, we have one of the more gratuitous cameos. <laughs> Going, it, yeah, we have. Um, oh God, we have Martin Freeman and. Uh, oh man, I forget. I forget these other two. Oh, well, I know Bill Nye's coming up really soon as the mm-hmm. chief inspector. Um, <laughs> Kenneth. How, and and Sorry, of course, Philip. just always with. Oh yeah, that's Philip from the last one. But yeah, it's just like the, um, this whole thing. And also, if it, for those of you who actually have audio, I really, really want you to pay attention to the tiny, tiny, itty bitty, teeny weeny little uh, bits of um, audio in there. Like, uh, there's this one shot that's coming up where he's like, well, "You're making us all look bad." And he just uh, said that. Well, <laughs> it, well, I mean, he also well, he's also gonna uh, like he's like the chief inspector, and he's going to do this little thing with his eyes right here. If you listen, there's like this little teep sound. And it just adds to the comedy, like these little perfectly timed sound effects. Like this. <laughs> just the one, the ones like, poof. <laughs> and here, and speak, and here's finally Kate Blanchett as the, uh, the CSI um, woman who's... I knew that was her! Uh, oh yeah, it totally was. Yep. Uh, so... <laughs> But also, like, just the staging is funny as hell. Her <laughs> eyes are, like, just so fucking gorgeous in this, in the, with the lighting. And... Oh, well, of course. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, like, her eyes specifically was what got her cast as Galadriel in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> the blue gloves really make them pop, you know? Like... Yeah. And the mask. And then this. And the blood. <laughs> I'm not Janine. <laughs> But it's just the way that they move and how it's like, it, 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 they're just so casual. Hello there. <laughs> just, you know, the just the the staging of these th- scenes is really what makes me laugh. Like, and no one else does this. And I'm really disappointed because I'm like, oh man, I watched like another comedy and I wish like, oh man, I really wish that, you know, they could be a little bit more creative with their settings and their deliveries and whatnot. Just like the sheer pacing and filmmaking you know yeah because if you did a scene like this where they met at a cafe it would just be a waste of three minutes of your it would life. be so boring yeah be really boring because the dialogue's not that interesting it's the basic oh you love your job more than you love me and this is the setup for you going on but they're having this very mundane conversation like over a dead body and that's and then yeah and but even better you have this jokes like this bob it's dave Hello, Hello there. there. <laughs> <laughs> just like, and even just oh, like the Nicholas. sheer, and I just love even the fact that it's just in the background, the background kind of stuff, you know, those reactions and like how everything is in the same shot. It's so funny. Frank Butterman. Oh my God. Yes. Um, as, oh, actually, if I remember correctly, Nick Frost joined this movie on the basis that he could name his character. So it, um, Nick Frost is the one who came up with Butterman. Danny Butterman? D- yeah, Danny Butterman. Who's <laughs> Nick Frost secretly for? I don't know, but... <laughs> and then we have this wonderful sequence where he's going away, and then we just... Quiet. Him with his glass. <laughs> just the sheer sound effect of, like, just... Eh. <laughs> you know, this is you after I bought you a succulent. Yeah. <laughs> and also, that's pretty much when I was in... The oh, the UK, model village. That's pretty much what it was like. It's like you do nothing for hours and then boom, there's a train. And then, <laughs> yep, yep. And then like, or even just taking a bus to like... The Swan Hotel. 
You didn't that's, notice that before? Oh, yeah. It was, that, well, I mean, like I said, these I watch these movies so often, but... You know, every once in a while, I'm just not paying attention to the, like, the actual visuals. Like, I just have it on in the background because I've seen it so many times. But every time I see, every single time I pop in any one of the Cornetto trilogies, there's always this one tiny little detail that pops out and makes it all the more funny. Well, I didn't know it was the Swan Hotel until I started looking around. I think I noticed there were some, like, swan knickknacks and ornaments around the hotel as decoration. And then I was like, oh, it's a hidden swan. Um, and then I realized that was the hotel's theme. But if you look around, you'll find sculptures of them. Through the oh, movie. right on. That's awesome. Oh, wow, like really? Yeah. I didn't notice. See see what I mean? These movies are so... The rewatchability of these movies is through the freaking roof. I think I've only seen like one or two. But uh, I think when he's in the hallway after he knocks the guy out later. Right. There's a swan there sitting on just on the decorative little table. Yep. In a swan. Right on. <laughs> Watching, protecting the village. Yep. Man, I love it. this little back uh, back and forth thing. Bless you. And I, I seriously, everything. See, there, right there. Right on. Right, the swan. Right on, dude. Oh, man. See? See what I mean? Edgar Wright is so fucking good at his job. Like, all these little details seem to just always come back. And, and then he's in the yeah. castle suite, which uh, doesn't... The, no, that's the church that falls down later. Never mind. Ignore me. No, well, I mean, that would have been actually kind of cool yeah, now I mean, that I like think about Nicholas it. Nicholas Angel, Swan, Castle. I mean, it's very, very, very I British. could write a ballet about that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's what I like to call the poetry of images. These perfect things that seem to come together really perfectly in in virtue and he does it so much and so often it's amazing how he's you're able to tie virtually six every there there are six kids there i'm sorry i'm just saying no. i have number symbolism in this movie well too. i think the aren't aren't there no i don't think there are six but the hoodie kids get um revisited in world's end do they yeah, the kids that they fight at the bar the first time they is see them. Is that the same all... ones? Oh, yeah. I don't think they're the same actors, but they're definitely all walking down wearing their hoodies in the street intentionally. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, and there's Marsha. Marsha uh, from Space. I, I really hope you, um, you listeners out there have seen uh, Edgar Wright's uh, series Spaced. It's phenomenal. I, if you're a fan of Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, the Cornetto trilogy, or anything Edgar Wright, I highly, highly, highly recommend... Uh, watching Spaced, um, and several of the uh, the original cast of Spaced uh, makes cameos in um, this one and well, all three of the Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we have this wonderful little moment where we see all the devious, dirty, underage drinkers. Oh, look, it's Mike. It, <laughs> we have a friend who looks shockingly like that kid with like. the braces. Like it's. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, that one time in John Mulaney's, like, skit where he's, like, a sea of drunk toddlers. That's what I imagined that. Oh, I forgot to send that to you a couple weeks ago. Oh, the 22nd of February? I always send that to you on the 22nd of February. Oh, actually, the thing is, I have a very close friend of mine who lives in L.A. He's one of the sweetest guys I know, and uh, he um, does visual effects out in Los Angeles. His birthday is the uh, 22nd of February, and I send him that every year. So, if you're listening, Nicholas, yes, his name's Nicholas, which makes it even better. Um, I still love you, buddy. <laughs> I, oh, the greater good! The greater good! <laughs> Everything comes back, I swear. This is awesome. 
my god, the whole And he box. just <laughs> completely vanquishes his entire business. And then doesn't even order a second cranberry juice. Oh, what a dick. <laughs> Cops are such assholes. <laughs> no, I want somebody out there to make a vine of, um, not a vine. There's an old vine where they're like, are there really good cops? And they're like, come let me show you. And there's just a cop sleeping in his hat next to a sign that says racism is bad. <laughs> somebody remake that vine with, like, Danny Butterman. Just, are there really good cops? I'll show you. <laughs> She's sleeping. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I think of my main boys. And I really love how that, uh, like, that whole plaque thing is setting up a mystery that goes absolutely nowhere. <laughs> well, actually, Danny, you're disobeying the law. You're bad. But I, I like that Nicholas Angel, I feel like he never uses force exceeding the situation ne necessary. Yeah, it's true. I don't true. think he ever escalates. <laughs> I don't think he ever kills anybody. No, he, no, actually, that's something, if you go back and watch this whole thing, Nicholas Angel never actually kills anybody. He shoots plenty of them. But none of them actually die. He uses appropriate force. Where sometimes I'm watching a, like an action movie. I think I was watching Night and Day with somebody a while ago. It was like an old Tom Cruise one. And um, he's protecting this one woman. And the amount of like security guards yeah. and random people in cars and, you know, like henchmen who may be bad. You know, the amount of people who die to save this one girl. At one point, I'm like, let the bitch die. You've just killed 27 people. You know what else Nicholas Angel is really good at? <laughs> Paperwork. I love these sequences. They're... I love the little hidden shit in their names in this movie, too. They all have funny names. Oh, yeah. Like all the uh, the suspects. Peace later. Yeah, peace. Oh, my God. Peace later comes back, too. That's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, man, like, and he also does really cool shit like this. Matching scene transitions. Boom. The guy in the, the purple, like, one suit, whatever. Yeah, the jumpsuit. Yeah, whatever that fashion's called. Um, he's uh, called Peacocker, I think. Yeah, that's right. I just have to, the insanity of this, running in a polo. Yeah, well, when you're well, put I mean, together, you're put together. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Nicholas Angel is just, like, that professional. He doesn't know how to switch off. Okay, he does not know how to switch off. You know what I really want to make as well? Oh, there's hey. Simon Skinner. Hey, James Bond himself. He's a slasher of prices. <laughs> I was listening to an interview with, um, I think, Edgar Wright and Mark Maron on yeah. his podcast WTF. And uh, Edgar Wright said that Simon Skinner is actually based off of the boss that he had when he was 17 or 18. You're kidding. Um, in his town, there was a Freemason's. Society and his mom was actually really kind of, you know, scared of them in a little bit. Like, are they having a conspiracy? Are they part of the town council? What are they doing? And that kind of inspired him. His boss was a Freemason, <laughs> but he was really bad at keeping the secret. So every time he was going to go to his little, like, fraternity meeting, he'd be like, Edgar, you have to watch the store. I have a secret meeting that I can't tell you any details about. I wish I could tell you. Like, he was just so proud of being a Freemason. Like, I'm going to my meeting now. So he was this over-the-top, suspicious guy because of it. He said that he's actually really nice and would always give him time off when he asked. But he was all also going to, like, secret, you know secret cult meetings and just being so excited about a secret cult meeting. Right. And then we, oh, here's Frank Butterman. Um, we just arrived. 
Um, also, I really love the the uh, the, the twins uh, that appear in the uh, the the box. Nobody tells me nothing. <laughs> I really love that scene prior to that because like every time he uh, looks up, a telephone rings. Again, it's the the really really perfectly timed sound effects that make these scenes way more funny than they have any right to be. Or uh, when they do shit like this. <laughs> Is there a thing reaching into frame every movie? We've got the phone and we've got the cake. Um, and the other one, I think, uh, oh, God, I, I, we'll find out on the next episode. We'll but find either out way, next week. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Frank, same bat time, same bat channel. Yes. Um, but <laughs> Frank Butterman good. here. The, this, the tour of this is just... God, it, it, it really, like, the jokes and the delivery and the speed of it all, it really makes me think of, like, The Simpsons. Okay. Of just how, like, absurd and weird and crazy and just precisely funny that it is. A great big bush. <laughs> <laughs> and also that comes back. So much shit comes everything back. Everything comes back. Just assume everything comes back. Um, Even that. <laughs> even the rat, I think. He does. The, oh, the porcupine. Yeah. The hedgehog. The hedgehog. No, yeah, because we saw Martin Freeman earlier and now. Ah! <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, the Andes. <laughs> Wait, wait for it. Wainwright and Cartwright. <laughs> that telephone sound is just hilarious. And then we have like, because uh, like the whole introduction thing is probably one of my favorite sequences of jokes. Because there's just so fast and so many that are really funny. Like this. <laughs> I just love the cunt. Cunt is left completely open. I love just knob with a little smiley face. Ding. <laughs> The weird thing is... That's great. <laughs> what, what, what were we watching? That really depressing British uh, cop drama where the kid gets murdered. Broadchurch. Broadchurch, it's, it's good, but it's so sad and it's so heavy. Mm -hmm. But also half the cast of Hot Fuzz is in that police yeah, department. Oh, you're kidding. Like yeah, she's Sophie. in that. If, yeah. if you want to see that character, isn't she the lead? Yeah, yeah. There is. She's a serious cop. A very serious cop drama where she's the lead. Wow, I need to and see David this. And David Tennant is the out of town detective. I have not yeah. seen this. I'm gonna have to check that it's out. It's on Netflix. It's really good. Very sad. Bring tissues. Yeah. Okay then. But the amount of of cross between this show and that show. Yeah, like a small town in England, very similar actors. Does, yeah. does Simon Pegg and Nick Frost actually show up as like a cameo? No, but but she does, and she's the lead. And <laughs> there are a couple others. I think the guy who plays Filch, David, I, I know him as Filch. I know he's got a real name. Yeah, I know, I, I know what you're there, talking yeah, about. He's a good character. He's in there, too. I like his character. I feel bad about his end. <laughs> the human statue. <laughs> the living statue! God, that's one of my... Broadchurch is just... Like, the first episode of Twin Peaks where everyone's crying. Mm -hmm. If everybody just cried for two more seasons, that's what Oh, this Roger is one of my favorite like. jump cuts. Just watch how this goes. Boom! I love that! <laughs> you know, they make these jump cuts that are so aesthetically pleasing, and yet also really funny at the same time. I, re I really need to... I really ho wish people more people would do something like that. Um, and because they catch you off guard, they jump you out and put you back in, and yeah. so it, it breaks the immersion. But if you break the immersion at the right time in a comedy, it helps. And yeah. at the wrong time, it's distracting. And hell, if you're if you're lucky enough and good enough, it could actually get a laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make it the joke itself. Don't make it distract from a joke. Mm -hmm. And now I really want chocolate cake. <laughs> now I really want beer. So. 
Oh, very yes, very good. Yeah, we, we we tend to drink during these, especially since it's the Cornetto trilogy. Because, as you know, there's quite a bit of drinking going on in these movies. There's always a bar, and and of course, in those bars is the uh, the 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 pinball machine that the light oh, up pinball. Oh, they don't ma- subtitle him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't. But yeah, they uh, they tend to have that one pinball machine that's in all three of the bars somewhere, mm-hmm. which is a lovely little touch. Uh, but <laughs> hey, man, Andy's such a dick. <laughs> you got a mustache. <laughs> but uh, the, well, where's the uh, this one bit where um, uh, Danny Butterman comes around where he just like inches in with his chair? That that little motion just always makes me really really laugh. It's Wait. just such an awkward. Just like an awkward little thing, but it's so really funny and really cartoonish. <laughs> oh shit, he shot her with a Kalashnikov. <laughs> oh, the offender had. <laughs> oh yeah, that's actually the point that Andy makes. There's more guns in the country than in the city. That's so a thing. That comes yeah. back to the farmer and the farmer's mom. Yes. I love that. Yes. And there it is, where he's just inching. (laughs) What's it like being stabbed? (laughs) That's a good meme, by the way. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's the single most painful experience of my life. (laughs) All these come back to Yes, they do, which is really funny. And one of which we see in Point Break, which is really great. Um, Seriously, we should should do, uh, do Point Break sometime, because... Uh, Point Break really is like one of the best action movies ever. Keanu Reeves back like in the early '90s just owned really great action movies like mm. Speed and whatnot. I love older action movies, and I I don't have anything against CG because I think that it can be used to enhance a lot of things. But yeah, something about or watching, hide things. Yeah, but something about watching, especially I think action movies from the '70s and '80s. Yes, is you know everything happened. Practically. Like, yeah, in camera. Someone oh, yeah. was doing their stunts, someone was making machines to do those stunts. Yeah, so like... in in this millennia, I guess, sci-fi and superhero movies have really taken off because we can finally do that, but a car chase isn't exciting if you don't know that there's somebody behind it. Yeah. When... If Ryan Gosling's not risking his life, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not exciting. Well, yeah, well, that's what happens when you just need to make it a little bit more uh, grounded, which is why I really oh, admire... Oh, that comes back, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, that's join that's, us for a shoot someday. Yep, um, but when you ground things in reality, which is why I really enjoy Christopher Nolan's method of filmmaking, um, it just feels more real because it is real. We have a real response to it, um, and you know, you look at other films like John Wick, where it was literally just like a bunch of well choreographed and well shot um, stuntmen and cameramen. Uh, and when that stuff, you know, uh, is well choreographed and well edited and well shot and well performed, it's it's thrilling. So so just like, don't hide your shit in shadow. Don't overuse your shaking cam. Just let it be and make it look cool. You know. I think there's a circle. Sorry. A nerd writer episode, I think, about um, Asian action flicks mm-hmm. tend to show the whole punch hit react. Yeah. Versus American, where it just cuts so much. 
Where it doesn't really register. Fighting yeah, fighting should be choreography, but with more blood. That's yeah. what it should be. It should be a ballet of violence. And there should be like actual pain felt. You know? Oh yeah, you should cringe just a little bit. Go, absolutely, because you because when you see like a guy get like you know double tap shot in the chest and then shot in the face, that should be like oh shit. <laughs> you shouldn't see the gunfire and then it cut. Yeah, no. You know what I really want to watch now? What's that? I want to watch the Raid Redemption. Oh, yes! That'd be an awesome <laughs> one! Raid Redemption. Let, let us know in the comments if you want to do that one. But, uh, oh, this is, a, <laughs> this is one of my favorite... <laughs> that does not come back. <laughs> it does not come back, but it is funny as hell. <laughs> it is really funny. <laughs> Let's wipe British you. Is it? Oh, uh, oh yeah, it's Tim Messenger. <laughs> Can you get a photo for the for the San Francisco? <laughs> and by the way, I'm not this obnoxious in my photography. I also do photography. Uh, uh, all you cats at home. Um, oh yeah, and you know what's really funny about the uh, the misspellings? Um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost deliberately had those misspellings, and they were like, "I will bet you like five hundred bu- bucks that that's going to come up in like the uh, the goose section of IMDb." And it totally, totally did. Oh, that they wrote it as a goof without... Yeah. That's, that's part of the plot is that Tim can't spell. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, this is one of my favorite bits. <laughs> this is, now, this is straight up Simpsons. Like, this is straight up Moe's Tavern. You know, Mr. Staker, Mr. P. Ian Staker. Oh, well, okay, so he does have the castle suite at the Swan and the Swans. And the yes. That's <laughs> right to him. <laughs> oh, and fun fact for... You listeners, all those swans in England, technically their reason why they're so important is because all of them owned are owned by the queen. So if one gets out, it's kind of a big deal. So in Britain, this is really funny. Uh, and by the way, that little... When any, every time like Nicholas uh, pulls out his baton and Nick, Nick's like, no, wait, that just that two seconds always gets a huge laugh out of me. It's just like, I'm going to get him. No. You're, you're referring to Nick Frost as Nicholas and Nicholas Angel as Nick right now, and it's confusing There's too many Nicks. There's too many Nicks. Too many Nicks on the dance floor. No, actually, too many Nicks will spoil the fun. Too, too many, many Nicks Nick. on the dance floor. Too many Nicks. Well, back in college, actually, we had like five Nicks in our film department alone. Oh, so there were yeah. always too many Nicks. Um, but yeah, and of course, and oh, by the way, we just, we also missed our first Cornetto. Well, oh we, yeah, yep, we well, have. He eats fast, so he does. Um, a little too fast, uh, especially later on when he's get us back to the station and he gets brain freeze. <laughs> but uh, oh, it's the, the hound, the hound, motherfucker. We're talking about Game of Thrones before. Yes, the hound comes back. Uh, oh, I love this line. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is my favorite line, guys. Mom and his sister. No, same person. <laughs> But yeah, the the Cornetto. We have uh, uh, that that one's the vanilla one, right? Um, oh yeah, see, look, with Chuck Norris. Yeah, because it's um the strawberry for the zombies and the blood. Yep. Uh, the original blue for cops yep, and green vanilla. for aliens. Yes. Um, but uh, and you've actually had the uh, uh there's the. I thought the strawberry queens. Cornetto. It was very good. Oh, All God. the cheese in England was really good too. I just think that they've got an amazing dairy industry. I'm so jealous. I really want to try one of those one of the They're day. Very good. Yes. They make good ice cream there. Um, it was, I think, January and February. And I'm sitting there eating Cornetto. I think Mimi was like, 
Why? <laughs> <laughs> because because they don't have it in America. We just have drumsticks. Yarp. <laughs> okay, uh, how many of you actually use Yarp on a regular basis? I've used it occasionally. I use it all the time. <laughs> all the freaking time. I've never used it. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> I think the only thing that's really crept, crept into my dialogue is replacement swear words have happened. I've started saying forking. And I, I think I said quiznack in public once, and you, that's you just... have sworn in quiznack I... before. <laughs> like uh... Zach called me out on it, and he was like, "What's wrong with you?" Yeah. Instead of saying like, "Fuck," like I find myself saying "fudge," but that's fudge. about it. Oh, and I love this. Just... Ah, are you fudging kidding me? I had to start saying forking after watching the just... good place. I love the buzzer. The buzzer sound effect, it's always perfectly timed. <laughs> that guy's just the perfect amount of sleazy, too, with his whole mm-hmm. You know, they actually had a hard time getting that take right because the floor was too wet and Simon Pegg kept sliding. Oh, no. Okay, watch really, really closely. I mean, really close. Meet the cop that can't When he puts down the DVD, there. Zombie party, I it's see it. literally two frames tops. So, I, that's why I love these jokes. They're so friggin' fast. And they're, they're to, <laughs> <laughs> to the point where they become completely subliminal. But, yeah, they're there. And uh, <laughs> and then we have these awesome... Ca- and you know what's also interesting? Um, we talked about how, like, a lot of action movies tend to overcut. Here it seems just fine. Isn't that weird? Oh, yeah. It's like the almost action- every time someone turns a corner, but you follow them, you watch them run, you watch them turn. Well, I mean, if you look in some of the later ones, you notice there are like five or six, there are literally about four, three or four full cuts for just one punch. So it gets kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, but so it does really get crazy or just these like crazy whip pans like you had here. Oh, yes. He's not all the seductive Thanks, joke. never taken a shortcut before. I love the, how... I also feel like they practically did this, and then as soon as he ducked yes. underwater, he no, switched No, that's, that's exactly what it would happen. And then you this, and then this shit. Oh! <laughs> Gary King has to be at least four beers in before that happens. Does he break a fence in World's End? Yes. Well, he just, it, it just topples completely over. Like, the whole fence goes over. <laughs> but, yeah, I really love the, the, the timing on those fence gags. One of these days, if I ever do, like a... a the swan! The conundrum. Oh, damn it. I'll get back for you. <laughs> but no, if I ever do, like, a, a, a comedy down the line, and I do, like, a chase sequence, like, I am so doing a fence gag for, for that, because, God, these movies are just great. And then I love this. Thump. <laughs> Timing, that's the key to comedy, and sometimes timing is waiting a while and then waiting for it to... Oh yeah, you do, totally. Like, you you saw that exact same gag in the Lego movie where, you know, Liam Neeson's character, Bad Cop, just, like, throws a chair and it goes up into the air for, like, a full ten seconds before hitting the guy way off in the distance. (laughs) Yeah, all the the names um, in here have, like, really cryptic or funny names. Like, uh, there's, you know, Slasher, there's... um, uh, Reaper, there's... Oh, Skinner. Skinner. Well, yeah, well, there, no, there's there's Reaper, there's Skinner, there's uh, all these really just... Uh, Butterman. <laughs> Except for Butterman. Butterman is the only sweetheart because, you know, he's... You, you butter him up. I guess. I don't know. It's It's been a day. <laughs> um, 
But uh, now, yeah, now we're uh, now we're getting to this whole thing. And you know, I actually remember. The cake. Yes, you know, I actually remember showing this to my sister once. Um, she's really big into mysteries, and she loves like trying to figure shit out as it goes along. The um, amount of red herrings. And oh yeah, that's the thing. Like, this is I, definitely not a mystery film because it doesn't set the reader up for the right answer. No, it, no, it totally does. It just completely subverts it into something that's mm-hmm. utterly ridiculous, but still holds up. Yeah, because well, it, it intends to lead you in a certain way, and if you follow the clues, you figure it out yourself. And the movie knows what it's doing. And gives a big fuck you to them at that point. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> which is why I, uh, I showed it to my sister. And I'm like, there's actually a pretty good mystery in here. And she's like, oh, I know who it is. Oh, yeah. And then, but when you see, but when you, I'm like, ah, but wait till you see the motivation. Because <laughs> well, it's not what you think. <laughs> very petty. You should try watching this movie with my family. They'll be like, so why are they arresting that guy? After they just went through. How well, that's because him. you were answering, why, why did Nicholas Angel have to move? And then when you're done with that, they missed the scene. When they oh, were yeah, dude. Exactly. Him. That's pretty that's, much what That's happened, something but... like you really need to do with this movie is you really have to focus so on all these little chasing? details. <laughs> all these little details are so friggin' fast that you, you really should just, like, go with it. And, and anyone not... that wears driver's gloves is a total douche. <laughs> they really are, aren't they? That's actually... An... I didn't notice that either. Like, any... I'll, I'll just m- a bit look at, like, other movies that have characters wearing driving gloves... I think the only exception is Ryan Gosling in Drive. Well, yeah, because he needs to. Yeah, well, he's also a stunt driver, <laughs> yeah. so that makes sense. I mean, if you're a professional and driver, if it's cat- fingerprints. Baby immediately threw his driving gloves away, though, because Edgar Wright knows only douchebags wear, wear driving gloves. Wow, that's that's a really astute observation. You know, I actually, <laughs> no, seriously, like, earlier today I was actually watching... Uh, an episode of Spaced where Daisy gets hit by a car. Oh, yeah? I need to look, go back and, and check if, if he's wearing gloves. If you guys are wearing driving gloves, we'll immediately... We just hate you. Yeah. We're just judging fuck you. you right now. Fudge you. <laughs> fudge you. <laughs> or should I say fuzz you? Fork you. <laughs> oh, fork me. We love our listeners. This is all said in jest. Oh, this is actually probably one of my favorite lessons from Nick Angel. The, uh, the use of his uh, police book. This is one uh, of my favorite lessons from Danny Butterman. Exactly. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> I haven't seen such a great blend of 3D and 2D animation since we framed Roger Rabbit. I'll tell you what. Oh my god, that just makes me burst out laughing every time. I use my notebook too. That That's me in college. <laughs> says the art student yeah but i also took art history classes and people would come to study sessions with like 10 whole pages of what happened that lecture and i just had like one word one date and a bunch of doodles and i always did better on the exam the trick is to actually pay attention in your classes instead of writing (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) yeah and you're going to the crappy drama tonight Yay! Mm-hmm. Boy, you know, because Martha, I know you're kind of our Shakespeare expert, so... I try to be. <laughs> so I take it, you know, watching this performance, this <laughs> must hurt. <laughs> Didn't even take yes. his glasses off. Nope. He just, yeah, like, they're trying too hard to mimic Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's... Yeah, because he's DiCaprio. DiCaprio can get away with this because he's 
fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, and just, like, their acting is atrocious. Well, yeah, of course, that's, <laughs> that's a joke. And she has missing her lines. I've, like, I've read this scene enough to, like, no. <laughs> Actually, that's really clever if he wrote it with them skipping, missing, yeah. or fucking up lines. Yeah, like, it's not... That only a Shakespeare person <laughs> Like, the mistakes... I bang! <laughs> Like, the mistakes actually, you know, uh, build on the joke instead of work against it. Well, because I could totally understand, like, just copy-pasting the Shakespeare play. Yeah. And that's your lines for the next couple things. And I know that they just copy-pasted the words in the Boslerman one. Mm -hmm. So, to have them miss lines or make mistakes would be very clever. Now, if they just skipped lines, that's timing, but... Yeah. If they intentionally messed stuff up. Tim Messenger sucks yeah. as, a, as a journalist. Yeah, And just also, like, how they went from, like, the suicide scene directly to... And that... The dance scene. And that's traditional in Shakespeare to, like, have a little dance and a jig at the end to, like, kind of get you out of, like, the mood. Like, to remind you that this was a play. But that's what comic yeah. relief is called relief. Yes. And it's, like, it's just to bring you back to reality. But they totally skip, like, the ending monologue that closed up the story. Well, yeah, they had so to throw like, in a joke for us. Because <laughs> yeah. that was fucking boring, man. And worse and, yet... And that, that so was... he, Wright knows his Shakespeare how it's supposed to be done. Okay? Well, yeah, like, of he's course. He's seen enough plays to know that. It's like... Well, of course. I mean, like, didn't they say that towards the end of that, that was like a... Th they were at like the three-hour mark? I mean, God. They murdered real Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> God, the cryptic remarks are just hilarious. Just I can hear his voice, and we're watching the zombies. I can hear himself when he's. I can hear his voice when just, he says yes. that. Everybody, I, I'm not gonna say everybody. Every woman I've shown this film to wants to bang Simon Skinner hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the voice. It's the noise. Do they have things for Golden Man? Sultry baritone and the British accent. Every, like, every girl I met would let Simon skin her. But cha. Well, I mean that. Does, I mean, I guess that does lend to you know being James Bond and whatnot. Oh yeah. Because uh, like any man who's played he's James Bond, he's an attractive man. Exactly, and has but he's so creepy. Yeah. In this film, yes. Yeah. You but, could tell Timothy Dalton like, must have been just having a fucking ball. And he still has his eyeliner on. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. It's like you're too old to be emo. Just stop it. <laughs> uh, but it, well, it's okay because remember he might be a douchebag. But at least he's going to finally get dead. I like that Danny Butterman explains that they <laughs> recapped things. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and of course, you know this sequence is kind of harkening back to his um, his Shaun of the Day, Shaun of the Dead kind of stuff. A little bit more of a horror vibe to it. <laughs> they even have the. Oh, actually, you know what would be really cool? Can you imagine if uh, Edgar Wright actually directed Cabin in the Woods? Oh, oh my god. That would have been amazing. Oh my god. Now I'm thinking, oh wow. With all due respect to the makers of Cabin in the Woods, because I fucking love That's a it. Joss Whedon film, right? Uh well Joss Whedon wrote it. He did not direct oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, Matthew Goddard was the one who directed it. But now, oh man, I kinda wish that uh Edgar Wright directed it because there would have been like ten more really great funny deliveries in there. So no disrespect to Matt Goddard, but damn, I that script was tailor made for Edgar Wright. Oh man, they had one good uh, 
background joke in it is if you pause in Cabin in the Woods and you read all the stuff that they bet on. Yes, that that's one of my favorite later. things. I don't think that they say everything verbally, but you see everything that's written down. There's one on that board that I still find is what a mystery it is. What? It's just Kevin. Kevin is a thing. <laughs> Kevin is never explained. And I like the fact that Kevin is never explained. <laughs> I like... Like the stupidly cutesy Japanese horror that they yes. do in that one. Where yes. It's like, and now your soul is put in this frog and you can tell it free, Yukiko. <laughs> and they're like, God damn it. A group of great schoolers just beat us. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. How hard is it to kill eight-year-olds? Well, <laughs> these, it must be pretty. There's a story more well than this. Yes. That's the ending line of the play. Yes. <laughs> So but, you do get to hear the ending line. Oh, oh yeah. Simon see, Skinner had to deliver it. Yeah. Which, which makes oh, sense makes because... Well, yeah, mm. which makes sense because, you know, he's kind of the one. And if you listen really closely to the music that's playing, oh, it's the song it. Romeo and Juliet, which is, of course, very fitting. <laughs> but also, didn't you love how, like, overtly gory all of the crime scenes in this movie are? Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of gore, but when it is, it's in your face. And it's <laughs> right after a joke, too. It's like, decaffeinated, and then... Boom. <laughs> It's fuck. <laughs> and all of them Fork, are, I'm swearing too much. Well, I mean, it's just so, no. Who cares? We, can, <laughs> we say fuck a lot. So oh, we do, but I say fuck more <laughs> when I drink. So I'm apologizing. <laughs> but uh, oh, and then here's another really fun, like little tiny joke that a lot of people miss. Aaron A. Aronson. <laughs> and then of course later on, what's he? Well, he's that a kid, good he's child. That, yeah, the little kid that he says, "What's your name?" Aaron Aronson. Pardon. <laughs> Like, I love how that little tiny shit comes back, man. Like, is Martin Blower another funny name? Yes. Yes, it is. All of their names are just, like, friggin' hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. These two detectives, like, you just want to punch them. Like, they just scream. Yeah, but they're endearing. Bad. Honestly, I really find them endearing. Especially, It's kind of hard to be mad at two men named Andrew that you call the Andes. And they're not nice people, but I, I can feel like, okay, nothing's ever happened in this town ever, and they just don't give a fuck. Yeah. I can kind of sympathize with not giving a fuck and having this guy suddenly start caring about his job around you. Yes. Because oh. whenever you work minimum wage and somebody comes in and cares about their job, you're like, no. Stop. <laughs> this little sequence, this one just like tiny scene is probably one of my favorites in this whole movie. Just... You can't understand a word he's saying, and then you, this shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I also love if you really look closely when he gives them that look, you hear the sheep in the background. The 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 sound timing is just fucking hilarious. And I know I'm missing quite a few because there's like a zillion of them. <laughs> that like british police look much less intimidating with their sweaters <laughs> than american police do well you're just not intimidating if you're wearing like a bobby hat those yeah, are it's like, cute I remember when i was in you London. stop me oh, for a traffic shit. ticket i'd be like oh hello i mean hello hello there damn yeah. I also love how they double clearly double cut, hey, but it's, it's still. It's my dad's garage. <laughs> <laughs> I also really love how they completely double cut on a lot of those shots just to make it look even bigger than it actually is. But yeah, that's just awesome. And <laughs> you know they do that a lot in reality TV. Yes. Like they'll shoot like two parts of the house. 
that are right next to each other, but it looks like two different rooms. Yeah. But this is just to, like, really make it crazy. Mm. (laughs) And then this shit starts happening. Click, 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 click. Don't hoard weapons, kids. Run! (laughs) Also, really notice the blocking. Like, he actually goes behind the, the thing where they actually jump into what seems to be better cover. So the blocking is completely unrealistic, unreal- but it adds to the comedy so much. I, well, I don't know if that structure on the left might be protective. No, well, he's in, he's in between the structure and the explosion. Oh, so in your mind it looks like he's hiding behind it, but that's not what he's hiding. Yeah. The, the bomb is right there. Okay. Yeah, which is, you know, it's not, it doesn't make sense um, uh, from a blocking standpoint, but from a visual standpoint, in relation to where the camera is, it works so much funnier. You know what's another funny little gag that I love? What's that? How lazy their passwords on the evidence. Oh my god, right? I think it's just one, like one, 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 one. And then nine, nine, nine. Why not one, two, three, four at that point? Oh, you know what's interesting also? Are you sure one of them isn't 777? Because 777 is actually um, uh, Nicholas Angel's uh, police badge number. That would be interesting to go back and see. I mean... I know that that one that they just did right now was 999. Yes. But it would also be funny if everything was just 111-777-222. Well, maybe that is, because maybe... isn't like 999, like their 911 number in the UK, so like the fact that it's 999 for their code... Nine nine. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in Germany, Um, but uh, no, I'm making Brooklyn Nine Nine references. I'm in. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, But yeah, seven seven seven. I really love because you know they're just like playing up Nicholas Angel, like you know, instead as as opposed to six six six, it's seven seven seven. So it's more angelic and more uh, saintly as Nicholas Angel has been seen, just like this overtly good cop. So, I feel like I don't know my like religious numerology. I think three 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 is that's heavenly. a good number. That's like, but does seven 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 mean anything besides luck? I don't remember that one. I know three 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 is kind of like that. It's it's a lucky number. It means the angels are on your side. So it's nine 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 six 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 is the one you have to watch out yeah, for. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. Same with like. Three ones is also a lucky number. I'm not sure about seven seven seven. Okay. Because I, I I just think that might have some kind of reference. Numerology very well. Yeah, <clears throat> but um, and then we have this the wonderful little backstory between them, uh, which uh, Nicholas Angel talks about how he wanted to become a, a police car, and a you know, car. You want to be a police car? I, except for when oh I was seven and I wanted to be Kermit the Frog. Well, I, I you know what's <laughs> actually I I don't know if it works better or worse. But I kind of want to see a tiny little Nicholas Angel in a pedal car. You know what? Like, they make, like, childhood flashbacks. They made, like, a pup named Scooby-Doo and all they that. They did... Gr- uh, they... I would watch a children's animated series about a tiny baby Nicholas Angel <laughs> who, who solves, like, all the crimes and does all the good. And gets beaten up by bullies in oh, a little yeah, pedal no, car. Oh, yeah, everybody at school fucking hates him because he's a dick. But he's a good he, dick. He's the hot. <laughs> That's why he solves crimes so well. He's a good dick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, actually, if I'm not mistaken, if I uh, when he's packing up his stuff to go to the village, there might have actually been a photograph of him in the pedal car. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Was that. there? There when was. He, when he was oh, up from okay, the... cool. Cause like that's. Oh man, uh, I still kind of want to see a flashback. Oh wait, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, I um, I kind of want to see a a flashback with these two, akin to their running gag flashback on Spaced, where they just kind of look up and they're in the tree, <laughs> and that's never explained. <laughs> if you get if anyone out there has seen Spaced, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. That fucking flashback tree joke always comes back, and it's gets increasingly hilarious as the series goes by. And it's never solved! I think I'll bring it up again, because some people might not have been able to stomach the sound and audio on our first episode, but, um... um, Spaced is on Amazon Prime right now, if you have that for free. And then if you don't have that, uh, it's on YouTube for free right now. Yeah, the quality's not as good, but... But it's... it's, You don't have to give Jeff Bezos your money and your dick and... Yes, fuck you. (laughs) Um... Big big fuck you to the real life Lex Luthor, but uh, even though I still and, pay him a hundred dollars a year. Yeah. And then of course we there's that that uh, the uh, the game that appears in all of them, getting pissed on Yahoo. Man. So that that looks like you after St. Patrick's Day. That looks like me after like every Saturday. <laughs> My grandparents came into town this weekend. They're 75, and we went bar hopping, and I got tired first. I was the one who's like, oh, I've had eight beers. Can we... I want to go to How sleep. How many beers were they on? Eight, same amount, but they were ready to go for more. Wow. It's probably, well, they're older. They've built up their liver tolerance. I really no, like... but the fact that they still have livers. <laughs> oh, and the I lines. just looked at the numerology community of 777, um, the number of hidden inner wisdom force in the universe that is giving your life a particular shape well so that, to, and that fits like his character that because, totally does yeah like, you're right he shaped his own destiny which we explained with, yes. with the pedal car thing yes so, uh. i always love it this uh, tends to be me when i'm like just another be- uh cup of coffee how about another beer uh, that's actually my hook on how to get you to stay isn't it oh yeah <laughs> just another beer um <laughs> sure <laughs> I also really love how they handle him when he, they get him home. He's like, what do I owe you? 20 quid? Thank you, you are, sir. And there's your change. God bless you. <laughs> I love that. And then this is the uh, the shot, or this like whole blocking setup, where I'm convinced... This is where you really get to see how freaking close Nicholas Angel and Nick Frost are. We're just gonna just let the moment happen. Yeah, because this... They're just gonna snuggle. They, they, they really do, because this is, this is true friendship here. Did they, like, share a bed? Yes, they did. Like, for real. Because at first they were, like, being all macho about it, and they're like, well, we only have this one bed, and we're super poor, so we can't afford to get anything. We're just going to sleep, you know, foot to head. But they kept kicking each other and got tired of that, and they said, you know what, fuck it, we're going to (laughs) snuggle. And so they're just, like, super duper duper uber close. Um, And (laughs) this shit right here is where you almost half expect them to just freaking make out. Oh, yeah, they, he leans in for the kiss. He does, and it's hilarious. That's great. Because you know they're playing off that, like, their relationship with one another. Oh, man. You know what I'm thinking? No, and it's so beautiful. I was watching, there was a, a little Karibo. <laughs> this the, is... Wait, look deep so in the eyes. <laughs> I can show you how. <laughs> kiss! Oh, they, but he leans in for a second. He does. Little Karibo, the guy who did Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged, uh, did this thing called Fan Fiction Friday, which I used to listen to a lot, where people gave people, I think, two characters and a scenario that they were in, and they were forced to write a short story. 
But my favorite line from any one of those, like, improvisational stories was, uh, Nicholas Angel woke up, like the sun shining on his face. He looked over at Danny Butterman, his partner-in-law, and his partner in life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, that DVD collection that Nicholas, uh, Nick Butterman opens up and just like... Butterman. Danny Butterman. I'm sorry. There's too many Nicks. Too many Nicks. But, um, but... (laughs) Uh, that Danny opens up and there's like all these DVDs. That's actually all of Nick Frost, um, uh, the producers, Edgar Wright's and uh, Simon Pegg's DVD collection at the time. Like all of their DVDs they stuffed into that one room. Did you know this was the most expensive scene to film in the whole movie? Was it? Yes. You're kidding. Um, How much did they have to pay them to do that? Well, (laughs) they had to get like not just the licensing rights for point for uh, blank. Point break, yeah. Point break, I'm sorry. Um, but they had to get permission from Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, and one other person. Oh, wow. As Patrick Swayze is climbing up that uh, that gate, yeah, yeah. that's actually a stuntman. So oh, they had to find that man and track him down and get permission. Wow. They paid more money for, like... Those two references than anything else. Yes. Wow. And, yeah. Well, you know what? It's totally worth it because that moment that comes back later... It's just oh, fucking it's brilliant. So it's fucking brilliant. So yeah, I think um between I wonder the, if they the had scene to do... from Point Blank Blank bleh, Point, Point Break, the scene from Bad Boys 2, and um him staring at that wall of DVDs yes. in the store later on in the film. Yeah. Those three scenes might have cost more than the rest of the film combined. Wow. But Edgar Wright did it anyway. Well, yeah, because the <laughs> joke is so fucking worth it's a it. Solid joke. Um, and and plus, like some of the other stuff just pr- r- would not work as well because when that you see that shot of Bad Boys Two when it's like the you know the low uh, telephoto swooping kind of shot that he's really famous for. Swoop they... low with the telephoto. Exactly. No <laughs> work solo. <laughs> it's all about the money. Um. Uh, but yeah, when that comes back, they do the exact same shot. It's literally the exact same co- composition, the same motion. And they even pump it up, like using the background to their effect and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course we had Skinner again on visiting the crime scene with fire to destroy no, you. <laughs> but we were saying about how much we, we might not like Michael Bay or the dumb action fix, but this is a love story to all of those tropes. And yeah. How well they can work when applied, right? Yes. I mean, everybody wants to see an explosion. We'd prefer to see it in a good movie, but that's something that people just find delicious. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I love this. <laughs> I think they're gay. Are the Andes? Oh, the Andes. Are we Andy shipping? Oh, we yes. might be. Ooh. I, I will go with this. Hot Fuzz needs more slash fic. I think we need more, more Danny Nick. I think we need more, like, Andy Squared. Andy Squared. <laughs> I like that. That's that's now that's now head cannon lock. If Andy, the Andys are in a secret relationship. They don't tell anyone because they're in a small town. Yeah. But they love their mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> one of their fathers oh, Andy, that builds carts. The other one grows apples and they put the <laughs> apples in the carts. And they... <laughs> this is really beautiful. I'm loving this. I actually... Go I mean, write this shit, people. 
Please, we dare you to write this in the comments. <laughs> link me to your your erotic homosexual uh, hot fuzz fan fiction. <laughs> oh, then it can be really hot fuzz. I read an erotic fan fiction called Hot Fuzz, but that was about Zootopia. So <laughs> 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 well, that actually makes sense because Judy cops a, hot, a cop. Judy hops. <laughs> She's a cop. She gets a cop. Splat the rat. Splat the rat! I wonder the Zootopia who... fandom just makes too many hot fuzz jokes, though, in yeah. general. <laughs> it's, it, well, I mean, it's really easy, because, God, this movie is so Even though amazing. I feel like it was based off 48 Hours Later. Yeah, I yeah. feel like Nick Wilde is just Eddie Murphy, who's not voiced by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, he's just voiced by... Bacon. Wild Hops sounds like not a ship. That sounds like the name of, like, a beer that I'd buy. Wild Hops. Wild Hops? I would buy that beer. That yeah. sounds like a really awesome We're giving you ideas, Disney. It, yeah. Or, or furries who own breweries. Like, yeah, well, if we're giving yeah. them the idea, copyright that shit. Because... <laughs> copyright Wild Hops. Hannah Sapniewski. Yes, because we want money mm. for that. <laughs> Bleep my real name when you edit it. Okay. Bleep my real name. <laughs> but anyway. Bleep, 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 bleep. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and I love this little thing that comes... Well, first off, I love Danny's outfit. Because you actually see him as a little kid in a little cowboy co costume. Oh, yes, you see it in the photo. It's in the so cute. Danny is such a baby boy. I want to protect him. <laughs> and then this shit. Boom, 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 boom. Perfect prize. That's <laughs> so awesome. And then this shit happens. Bam. <laughs> He's a doctor. He'll See, deal Danny with it. Danny was just so overwhelmed by holding Nicholas's hot rod that he exploded early and don't, all don't, over the place. Don't worry. He's a doctor. He can deal with it. <laughs> Stop <laughs> interrupting my erotic fan fiction scene. Why do um, we always talk about like these two together every time we do a Well, I mean, because they're so freaking close and they make fun they, of that. These, yeah, they, they, they play it up for the... For the comedy, man. Like, even in Paul. Like, whenever, which, like, we're talking Oh, yeah, about they this. thought they were a couple in Paul. Yeah, because, like, well, I mean, Paul was actually written by Simon Pegg. It just, it was, like, it was one of those movies where you feel like it's, like, a, a, a distant, uh, like, a very close cousin of these three movies. Um, but it's not within the immediate family because Edgar Wright was not involved. And Seth Rogen snuck in there and was yes. like, hey... Do you guys love weed and hate Jesus? Yes. Because I do. Yeah, Seth does that a lot. He, he gets a little heavy-handed, but it's still pretty funny. Yes, it is. Um, but, he, but well, you mean just like the the timing and like the sound, like uh, um, the filmmaking. When you look at certain scenes in uh, Paul, there's like some like very similar scenarios that you would see in uh, the Cornetto trilogy. And when you watch them back to back, um, Paul feels off. Because, you know, Edgar Wright's not there to give that style um, the weight that Simon Pegg brings to the script, mm -hmm. you know? So it's kind of like a, seeing, like, a Coen Brothers movie that they wrote, but they didn't direct, and the timing feels off. Yeah. So um, it's not to say that, you know, it, it takes away from the experience at all. But if you go in there expecting a Cornetto trilogy-style film, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Go in there and expect a film that Simon Pegg wrote, and you'll have a, a fine time with Paul. Mm-hmm. And here comes, like, the next murder. This this is definitely the most grisly. And Oh, I'll... I remember this from when I was 12. I saw that. This was the scene that made me sit down and watch the rest of the movie. It was just <laughs> playing at a party, and I was like, mm-mm. Not interested. And No then... more games, no more drinks. Shh. And then this shit happens. Just. 
Bam! <laughs> if you pause it, it's like the worst CGI you'll ever see. It is, but it's all. But that's kind of <laughs> what makes it funny. <laughs> it's just, my head. <laughs> oh, look how shitty the CGI was. I love it. But it's brief, and it's gory, and it's over the top. Yeah, it's t because it's so over the top, you're like willing to just roll, run with it. Because that's actually like a really good trick. If, if you know you don't have much of a budget... Play up the comedy and play up how crazy and over the top is. Your audience will totally forgive you because you're like, oh, it's that kind of movie. Well, because half of the time you watch a violent movie, you're there for the fun of the violence. Yes. Some violent movies are meant to be heavy. Some are meant to be somewhere in between. I never know if I'm supposed to be, like, scared or having a blast when I'm watching certain Quentin Tarantino deaths. Yes. But a lot of violent movies, people are there to laugh mm -hmm. at the deaths. So feel free to make your death look a little less cool because, yeah, pe people are there to have fun. Yeah. So, and now we got uh, the uh, the whole team getting back on, get, doing the CSI and ruining their good time because Nicholas Angel just doesn't know how to fucking switch off. Even though it was clearly an accident, am I right? Clearly. I don't know what to do. And I like how he still has his cowboy oh, yeah. hat on. Well, not only does he have his, still have his cowboy hat on, but he still has the monkey. Oh, I didn't know that was his... He still I has... just thought they had, like, two different types of uh, cop hats on. I didn't realize he has his little costume. He does. With the still... little rain protector on it. It's so adorable. Danny is such a... I would adopt him. He's my son now. <laughs> And of course, the Andes still have to ruin it because they're, they're just... wearing their matching couples' glasses. Yes, matching couples' glasses and matching mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like? It, it, I think that's supposed to be like another trope, like uh, mustaches. Must particularly detectives with sunglasses and mustaches who are assholes. <laughs> like I think that's supposed to be like a general like cop. Uh, trope that they're making uh, fun does of. Does the cop that pulled him over in World's End have a mustache? I I know he has sunglasses. Don't for sure. think so, but he's not a dick. Yeah, he's not supposed to be a dick in any well, stretch of the imagination. And then, um, are there any cops in Shaun of the Dead? I don't think so. Not really. There's some military at the end, but they're not really like. Supposed right. to I like how he runs away. Yeah, just the way <laughs> oh, he runs no, away. thing. <laughs> Go apologize to your platonic boyfriend, Nick. God damn it. You know, whenever we start talking about those, a couple, I immediately think of Frank and Gerard. It's like, it's probably, that's probably all it was, but people just like went over the top. Oh, with it. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like Septiplier or whatever, you know. <sighs> like, you see celebrity couples that people get into. And, and I'm not, oh, I'm not there monkey. to ship. I'm not here to ship Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in any way, like as real people. I just think that their rapport is so good and they know each other so well. That I've, I've said before, I would love them to star in a romantic comedy together. Yeah, that would be actually kind of cool. I would watch that. Because um, I know that, uh, aren't they working on something like currently? I don't know. I feel like they are. Because I know, news. I know Nick Frost is uh, starting a, a comedy not too long ago. I forget what it is, but I know it has to do with like um, a boarding school or whatnot. I, I, anyone in the comments, mm. just like correct me. Uh, Cause I know it, I've seen the trailer like eons ago and I know it's out there. I just haven't watched it yet, but um, I actually hear that it might just be a rumor. I could be completely talking out of my ass, but um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are gearing up for another project. Whether or not Edgar Wright is involved, I don't know, but it'd be wonderful to see, you know, those three, th those three chaps to work together again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Or just any of those two chaps, you know it'll be good. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even when they they do their solo thing, it's bound to be pretty cool. Like, um, Simon Pegg was actually one of the writers on Star Trek Beyond, and I actually really like that movie a lot. But, you know, uh, Simon Pegg was originally the, the actor. He was going into stand-up comedy. Yeah. And uh, Edgar Wright had him be in on some of his films, and Nick Frost was just his friend at that point. But yep. it was like, this guy's really funny. Let him be in this this space show that we're doing. He can do impressions. He does this military guy that's really funny. Yep. And that just became. And, and Nick... plus, they just had really good chemistry that worked for the show. Oh yeah, but that just became Nick Frost's acting career was you know his friend saying whatever opportunities I'm in. I want this guy to go. I'm be dragging it. you along with yeah. me. I'm dragging you up the ladder with me. Which is wonderful, and I really love this whole long spew that goes by really fast. Mm-hmm. It's like a legit mystery explanation when you like sit down and read the whole thing. And then, of course, it just gets completely thrown out. <laughs> but it's very like just the, this the one third moment. act of an Agatha Christie type thing where yeah. it's like, oh, we're putting everything together. And it's just awful. <laughs> and poor Nicholas Angel is oh just God, like, oh my God. Fake tits. <laughs> are you gonna do so, that for my next birthday maybe but never, <laughs> never in the workplace like see that's something that isn't crazy inappropriate for a birthday party yeah but is wildly inappropriate for the workplace which just shows how seriously they all take their job versus he won't say the force yeah versus the service where yeah. they'll be like ah, fuck it it's we'll, cool we'll do some casual sexual harassment why because we only have one female employee and she says she's cool with it <laughs> i've been around the station a few times myself <laughs> i know exactly like you know it doesn't offend her but you know it's totally against the guidelines yep but either way it, it, it doesn't fucking matter oh yeah thank you put in the swear jaw <laughs> <laughs> And now we have a um oh god what was it what was her name Mrs uh, uh was it Reaper Kitty? I think I think so but the, yeah she's kind of explaining how uh, her real estate is actually turned into a, a lot better and she's leaving out and just beforehand she uh, you know spoilers I mean obviously if you if you've been with us, with us this far um you know pretty much the whole movie left and right so you know this this woman is dead. <laughs> And if you haven't seen this movie before, this was a mistake. Yeah. What are you doing? We're spoiling everything. We. What are you doing? We're Go. here for lonely repeat watchers. Who are you? <laughs> that really is kind of our audience, isn't it? I'm a lonely repeat watcher. <laughs> oh, boy. And when I'm in my studio, that's what I do. Is I'm like, should I watch a new film? Mm, nah. That would acquire attention. So Go, I'm gonna going watch, back to your comfort movies. I'm going to watch The Fall for the 87th time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, speaking of uh, the the plants, um, have act- any of you actually had a Japanese piece lily? No, we've just got a succulent. Like we can't keep cactuses alive. We yeah. water them <laughs> too much, or we not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I we've kept a time. We've kept a time plant alive, but it's, I think we've run out of time. We've killed. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> We've killed the same sage plant like eight times. It just comes back to life and then dies and comes yeah. back to life and dies. Oh shit, we got another chase going. Jump through. See what I mean? Like, all these crazy, like, fast cuts. It's crazy. Like, because again, you, you, you know, you generally want to show shit and whatnot and just, like, let things play out in a wide angle. Because that's what we usually define for um, really good action movies. But 
I think that really doesn't matter here because it's emulating that style. Well, the thing is, if you want to make something stressful and confusing, you add a lot of cuts. Yeah. It's stressful and confusing for the audience. It's hard for us to follow. <laughs> <laughs> Which can be very bad if you're trying to watch well-choreographed action and see some violence. But if you actually want to make your audience members feel confused, afraid, and panicked, it can be used sparsely and very, very well. Yeah. Well, so, in this case, I just feel like it's just... You or it can take, be used for comedy. Yeah, exactly. I just think it's just using this as like a visual language or like a visual base. Yeah. <laughs> no, really? She was fucking murdered! Thank you. Thank you. I know you've spilled the swear job. I've spilled the you swear spilled job. swears all over the place. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Right. No, but, but I think my point is just... Don't ever use anything as a de default. Always have intention whenever yeah. you're doing anything. Exactly. And the, no there's... cliche is wrong if you're turning to it because you like it. Yeah. Um, if you like it because it's drama-filled and you like dumb drama, then it's going to be a good soap opera, a good reality TV show. If you turn to a cl cliche because you're used to it, then it's lazy. So even if it's corny or for not a good reason, just do everything with intention. Yeah. If you like a cliche, don't be afraid of the cliche, but... Embrace that cliche. But know it's a cliche. Mm -hmm. Don't just do it because it's easy. Yes, and they clearly know exactly what they're going, what they're doing here. And yes, Nicholas, you are completely mad at this point. Yeah, he's at an angle instead of an angel. <laughs> he's at an angle. Yeah, I low-key confess to uh, watching reality TV in front of your uh, film major demographic. Well, who gives a shit? Oh, I know. Like, most, most of it's good if it's made by Gordon Ramsay. Like, yeah, you're damn man. right. Or, like, right? Competitive. Or it's the Great British Bake Off. Yeah, I watch cooking shows and competition shows and occasionally rednecks doing odd jobs I didn't know that existed. Alligator wrestling. Oh my god, I watched the Gator Boys so much. I don't care about any person in any movie as much as I care about alligator welfare now. But seriously, if you watch TMZ, fuck off. Oh yeah, no, fuck that shit. Fuck, fuck off. Fuck rich people being petty reality TV show. Yes. I want to watch people that can do shit I can't do. Exactly. <clears throat> so, let's go learn how to wrestle an alligator. Oh well, my... <laughs> I'm, nope. I'm three feet tall, I'd die. <laughs> well, why don't we just instead uh, go take a look at Mr. Skinner. That secretary is me. Oh, th this. <laughs> oh my God. Mr. Skinner. The manager's office. Mr. Skinner. You would play a really good secretary, I think. Oh, just like yeah. the one that just gives absolutely no fucks. None. I'm surprised customers thank me. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of obligation. Yeah. But, and again, like this whole mystery that goes up here that, um, when you actually piece it together the way Nicholas has, it totally falls in line with all the clues that they've set you up for. I don't know if this means anything to you. Interpret this through your film major mind. Um, Simon Skinner's the only one in warm lighting in this scene. Everybody else has the of fluorescent course, white he's light. Beautiful. Well, he's, everyone else has the fluorescent <laughs> white light of the grocery store, but he's got the desk lamp on his face, so he's got that orange glow that's actually a little more of an attractive lighting. So I don't know if that. Uh, that might just be uh, because it's possible. I mean, because um, there's a lot more control that goes along. But um, I feel like, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, I almost feel like that's kind of a signal, like a visual signal that he's in control. But it's also because yeah. of his desk lamp. That's kind, well, that no, kind of I'm, does it. Yeah, but the desk lamp was put there by the director. It's yes. not just a desk lamp. I just love his face. Happened to be in the set that they chose. 
But yeah, no, that that's what I was thinking too. Is everybody else is? It's kind of like, uh, well, it gives them a little bit more of a sinister edge, like you know, like more warmer, hellish colors. Um, that and uh, I, I think it's to signify that he's kind of the one in control, whereas yeah. all the cops in his presence and don't need shit. You see Nicholas Angel lean into the warm light for a yes. second too when he thinks that he's in control. And then. But I, I just love the lighting in the grocery store anyway, because it's that unflattering white light. That's yeah, the the really ugly fluorescent blue lighting. It's just like nasty and soul crushing. And oh. God, I, I, I for any for any viewers out there that actually work in a grocery store, I'm so sorry. <laughs> for any viewers that manage uh, clothing stores, can I say, um, you need warm lights in dressing rooms. Yeah. When yeah. you're in a white light and you look like a freaking pale werewolf, I've never bought a bathing suit like in a retail <laughs> store before. Because I go into the dressing room and I'm like, okay, I look like pockmarked ivory. Fuck this. Have your shit well lit, man. Put that's... in warm lighting. Warm lighting makes you look so hot. That's 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 why Put I... Put a Himalayan salt <laughs> lamp in your room. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty today. That's That's <laughs> why I really like to control my own lighting. I like to light my place with lamps. Oh, yeah. And warm colors and whatnot. More inviting and a little bit more contrasty. But anyway. Yeah, fuck the environment. <laughs> I want to look cute. Okay. There's the uh, the team. I love the te- how the team is always, uh, or, or like anytime the team is referenced, there's always that buzzer noise. I love little B teams like that. Like yeah. when you watch a TV show and you see, ah, oh, here's the cool group of five. Evil twins. You've got the twins, you've got yep. Lurch, There's you've got all, the girl. They're actually in all three um, somewhere. I think they're like... Not some the of, same twins. No, they're not. But well, the, the, uh, the, the, twi- they're the, the, uh, the actors themselves, the two twin actors, they are in all three. I think oh. they're um, like background blanks, like way off in the distance. But yeah, Edgar Wright has a very strange fascination with um, creepy twins in mm-hmm. all three of them. You have the, uh, the, the biker zombie twins... You have the Butcher Twins in this one. And then in the third one, of course, you have the twins and the two-headed dog. Are the... Oh, are the Biker Twins and the mm-hmm. Butcher Twins the same twins? Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't... Th- actors? No, I don't think and so. And are they the same as the Candlestick Maker Twins? Da- now that... <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Oh, and I love this little shot right here. Just yeah, the I love himself. Deed, <laughs> but the sound, but not just the 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 framing of that, but it's also the sound effect. It's oh, the wrong buzzer. <laughs> it's, oh, it's almost like the buzzer, like the bell in a store. Deed is also like, eh, you're wrong, and you exactly. Suck. <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine if that ever happened? Because we, because at work we have we like have a, the same bell. Yeah, so it'd be really funny if it goes off at a really perfectly timed moment, and we. We just flashed a hot fuzz. You know what I'm thinking is that scene in Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they hit the wrong buzzer every time Dennis yeah. answers the wrong question on Family Feud. This Fruit. is not representative. <laughs> Can you stop with the noise, please? <laughs> There's the hound again. Yarp. <laughs> oh, and then this is a, some, a little, little rebuttal that I like to use in my daily life. Jog on. <laughs> Jog on. <laughs> so, yarp. That's that's still one of my favorite things. But um, yeah, he's totally just yeah. And poor Nicholas Angel, he's just totally defeated at this point. 
He just don't. Oh, he chugs his white wine. He doesn't give like a fuck a anymore. He j- I just like he's complete. Oh, poor thing. Poor thing. But yeah, he's given up. It's uh, it's over. Doesn't matter. I'm just gonna uh, like blend into like just give into the the police station and not give a fuck. I love how that guy's coat comes back. Yes, too. yes, it is. Okay. You want anything from the shop? Cornetto. <laughs> well, like, they're like, what do you think is under his coat? He's like, is he concealing a weapon? And Danny's like, nah, he's just like that. Uh-oh. And later he's concealing a weapon. Epif- All the weapons. Epiphany moment. Killers. With the so it's the one killer, actually. It's the one killer, actually. <laughs> oh, one shit. killer, actually. One killer, this, actually. This moment, I just, like, always kills me. I love that he's got just such a messy fucking face, too. Both of them just have ice cream all over their face. No, the brain freezes. He just shoves it in. Uh, I like uh, Simon Pegg delivering this very serious line when he's just got, like, everything all over his lips. I like his lips, yeah. (laughs) There's more than one killer. I've got this. It's all a conspiracy, man. And that's when he delivers the twist. You're dying, Satine. New movie. Oh, oh I gotcha. I gotcha. But it, also, the, 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 he, he, I also love how he said that's the, what the previous guy said, and guess where he wound up? We find where it Yes, we do. We find where all the bodies are. Great big bushy bear. A great, well, I mean, first off, that works as a really funny, just like, what the fuck joke. But it's a great way to identify the corpse later. Oh my god, you don't even need to know anything about crusty jugglers. Well, I mean, they still kind of bring that up, like you know, they'll they'll use the audio in there, but that visual bit just helps it so much. The funniest thing down there is the uh, the the fucking statue who's who's still got his eyes open. Oh my god. This movie alone has made, like, street performers, like, so much better. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, man, they use this shot where he goes into his, like, little temporary hotel thing. Yeah, you see the swan every time. But yeah, that was, no, that's a thing. I'm amazed I never noticed the swan. It shows up, like, five or six times throughout this movie, and I never noticed the swan. So Thank you, all... Martha, for yeah. reveal... constantly revealing this awesomeness here. Anna revealed the swan. Oh, she did reveal yeah. the swan? Oh, I could have I, I sw- thought there were multiple swan things, but it's just the one swan actually. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and of course, oh man, actually, you know what? It would be kind of cool if in the last season of Game of Thrones, Simon Pegg shows up in, in a cameo and we have a scene with him and the Hound. Oh, That would actually be kind of cool. <laughs> Playtime's over, bitch. <laughs> Knocks him out. destroys the peace of Lily. Yep. I love that it's a peace Lily, too. Oh, yeah, of course. More irony to it. But this little bit right here. <laughs> is a, he's not going to get up now, is he? Yarp. Yarp. Oh, boy. castle suite so that he can say proceed to the castle and he can look at the picture of the castle oh okay uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man the writing on this is just so freaking tight what, what now because in case you know people are still like a little 
janky about the r- bad audio from the first episode, but didn't you say like in like every every line he writes is either a joke, uh, develops the plot, you know, or establishes character, or just like comes back as another oh, joke, oh, or is foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. Um, no line is wasted. There's never any filler in Edgar. No Wright. fat whatsoever. He is. He is really. They are both it's really lean moved. and trim, like Simon Pegg. And yes. <laughs> most of the things I, I mentioned are either are, are usually like two things on the list. It's either funny and a foreshortening joke, or it starts as a serious scene and is visited later in a joke, or it's said earlier as a joke and it comes back in a serious scene. Yes, everything. Hey, Brad Hogwarts. Yeah, they, it does kind of look or like the Hogwarts, Death Eaters, doesn't I it? don't know. No, they kind of no. I mean, they're not. You're not wrong. I mean, it does kind of give that vibe. Although I love <laughs> the flashlights. Let's, let's hold our flashlights. I freaking love the flashlights. That's so, so and, stupid. And I love that, but yeah, it's the they whole. They do put the subtitles. What they're chanting? What are they chanting? I forget. <laughs> oh, I forget. But it, it, what, oh, yeah, whatever, something in Latin. Yeah, whatever. So, they say Tardis. That's all I remember. They do not say Tardis. They say something that sounds like Tardis. So, I, I believe that. Well, whatever, whatever it is, I'm sure it's all for the greater good. The, the greater, greater good. good. <laughs> but yeah, all... I I was on Reddit and I. That there was some, there was somebody from Liechtenstein mm-hmm. who was bragging about how their country hasn't had a murder in over twenty years. Yeah, and people just kept spamming them with hot fuzz. The great, I think you saw like the British people of the internet and the American people of the internet come together for one like, brief moment, <laughs> just shake hands on and them. said, "You know this country with thirty thousand people, we're gonna bully the shit out of them <laughs> yes. for a while." Yeah. <laughs> Not since World War II has a greater uniting of the UK and the United States has ever this been. This movie is America and Britain's baby. Yes, it really is. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's made I've... Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and Edgar Wright just heroes on both countries. Oh man. I, I really hope one of these days I can actually meet the both, like, at least like uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Like, I would love to have them sign like one of my posters or what something like that. What we need like to that. do is make them unpopular enough for them to actually visit a con we can afford. Yeah, no so kidding. So let's start a slander campaign. They'll have to headline next to some voice actor from some side character that no one's heard of and then we can be like, yes. The greater good. We have to say the greater good every time they say <laughs> the, the greater, greater good. good. <laughs> you have to say that too. Whoever's watching it. Yes, and everyone who watches these, they always have to say the greater good whenever they say it because it's the best. Quite appalling. Well, of course we murdered her for that. She also had a really shrill laugh. I mean, actually, wouldn't you murder someone over a really bad Shakespeare performance, Martha? I've come close. <laughs> Do you guys have any actors that you would you would murder? Um, not off the top of my not, not off the top of my head. I mean, I'd certainly like to kill off Michael Bay, but then again, if we if I did, then this this kind, this wonderful gem would never have existed. Yes. So I'm willing to I'm willing to just like keep a very uh, far distance between me and him. Have you heard that? A couple, I think a couple <laughs> years ago, um, Shia LaBeouf um, felt so bad about how shitty Transformers Three was. Yeah. Transformers 1 is watchable. I will say that as somebody who babysit a kid who was 12 when Transformers 1 came out. Yeah. That it's watchable. But the other Transformers movies are fucking train wrecks. Um, so, 
anybody who saw Transformers 3, if you could prove that you had a ticket and you showed Shia LaBeouf, he'd send you his own money to refund you. That's awesome. <laughs> he just that's, felt like that's, that's so what, bad. That's, I'm George, sorry. George Clooney did the same thing with Batman and Robin. Oh, <laughs> Batman and Robin was fun. It was meant to be Wait, a little kid's show. The greater good. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely a little kid's movie. That but adult nerds took too seriously. Well, I, I feel like if somehow you were tricked into watching a children's Batman oh, movie as shit. an adult, like, didn't they have reviews back then to tell you what type of movie it was? I don't think it was a bad movie. It, it was, was like the 90s. So. It, yeah, it was 97. So you just saw Batman and you well, had to buy the ticket because it was Batman. Well, yeah, because... sad because it wasn't Tim Burton. Well, no, I mean, we were starving back in the 90s. Like, good comic book movies were hard to find. They weren't, like, ridiculously oversaturated like they are today. I feel like so, you didn't promise a good comic book movie. I Well, dude, like, you know, it was even worse for forever because um, Val Kilmer makes a, a reference to Metropolis. So you're like, oh my god, a Batman-Superman thing! We're so close but you know that never went anywhere and of course when it fucking did oh my god we will talk about that with zach yes that's that is actually gonna uh spoilers that's actually gonna be a later episode batman v superman spoiler i don't think batman and robin was that bad i think it was campy it's fun when you're fun it's fun with your when you're with the right people and you're in the right mood i just watched it with my sister and i was like i knew it was bad I knew that puns were coming. I expected it to be, like, cringy or hard to watch, like Neil Breen or Tommy Wiseau. Mm. It, it wasn't cringy. It was just... It's kind of cringy for me, but that's just that's just me. It's full-on juvenile laugh. It was immature. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. Yeah, well, I hold When ba- they went for a joke, it was a joke, and I laughed at the joke. Oh, I do, too, but I... They meant for Bat Credit Card to be funny, and Bat Credit uh... Card's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Bad credit cards was hysterical. The bad credit card. No. It's iconic. No, that one kind of still hurts. Um, and oh shit. Murder they, posse. Murder party. Daddy, no. No, Nicholas Butterman. Daddy, Daddy, no. You're too Brutus. No, no. Oh, oh my that, god. That, this part actually makes me sad when he like threatens it. Just like, come on, man. Because it's already, like, devastating when you find out that the fucking chief inspector is behind it. Yeah. And then this happens, like, Danny, no. My only best friend. But, yeah. Also, hey, this scene actually kind of feels a little bit like The World's End. I mean, Nick Simon Pegg running away from... Mobs. With lights. With lights. With lights, yeah. And then the dog's... Oh, God. That poor dog. Where is all this? Like, how does that... I still want to know how the... They bury the whole catacombs. Well, there's also, like, a camper in the catacombs, too. Like, oh, shit, they killed off all the kids, too. Yeah, because once you get arrested, you die off, I guess, here. Yeah. That's why they... Instead of having an arrest record, they have a murder rate. Well, that's why... Or a disappearance record. That's why when he was trying to catch... Bushy beard! Peacocker, like, they ran interference, like, the mothers got in the way and all that. That was orchestrated, like yeah. all the stuff he ran into, because they didn't want him to catch him. Yeah. But when they catch caught him, they had to kill him. Yep. So the goal was to keep him alive, I think. Yep. By not letting. Damn it, Nick! Oh no, no, no! The heartbreak here. Yeah. The betrayal. Oh. Sasuke has nothing on this. Stab. <laughs> Stabbed in the heart. What a way. Oh man, that like, that's. Like, the way that it pans over, too, is like, oh, man. Maybe now we got bad, bad. 
<laughs> and you know we got props. <laughs> I just revealed in like the last five minutes that I know Naruto, Taylor Swift, and Batman and Robin all. Right. <laughs> but of course. Pinnacle of tank. Thank God it's not for real, cause. It's <laughs> my favorite little. I even love how the red light kind of accentuates that little ketchup thing. Oh, I love it. It's not it's it's ketchup. <laughs> Oh, man. This is such a fuck... You know, it... Fuck Neighborhood Watch Associations, though. Yeah. Because they're, they're just vigilantes, man. Oh, Dre almost got kicked out of your house for not mowing the part of the lawn that was right next to the highway. There's, like, a two-foot strip of grass between, oh. like, the highway and then, like, the sidewalk that's part of her house, technically, and they weren't mowing that, and they were like... But cars rush by every time we're there. Yeah, like, dude. Like, that shit's dangerous. But you own a home, and so it must look perfect, and blah, 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 Her blah, blah, can't blah, be blah, that. Blah, blah, blah. No, it totally is. Oh, it totally really? is. I've had conversations, so. but uh, Subur Suburbs are hard. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is why. I can't I... wait to move to the city. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking suburbs. Oh, man. Yeah. This is where you're Unfortunately, because I want to pay less than $10 million for a home, and I don't want to pay rent forever, I'm probably going to move to the suburb someday, so... Or you can just move with us I and might. be a roommate. Or I might just make references at this to, like, all, like, the nice couples and their families who have to deal with my shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I mean, that's so sad! It's either going to be city how does or get back? for me. No, how does Sergeant no Butterman get back? For you, I know. Yeah. Did he just walk back? I, I guess he got so. an Uber. Oh, he got an Uber. <laughs> Does Uber exist yet? This is two thousand seven. No, it doesn't. Um, he, he just walks. It. He just walks he back. Just, he does. He just walks home. Yeah. So. Yeah, he could probably tell his dad he stopped at the pub or something. Yeah. Now, if I'm, cor is that an Edgar Wright cameo? I don't think that's him. I don't think no. that's him. It looks vaguely like his mom cameos. Yes, that I do know. She is one of the uh, judges later yes, on. Yes, along with Simon Pegg's mother and uh, one of his favorite teachers as a kid. But... <laughs> yes! Do all of the action things! But do I'll... them in accordance to the uh, police code. Yeah, yes, do them all in accordance to police code, but still do them nonetheless. <laughs> when the fucking hand people change then Nick I, I, I don't know why that little rapper of the Cornetto <laughs> makes me laugh Just it's it's cause it's the second gag it's because first he grabs it yes. and then he grabs the, the coin and that's you think it's it and then boop <laughs> <laughs> just like one little extra note to make it a little bit funnier and you better believe God's coming uh, <laughs> you son of a bitch oh shit nope not Danny Oh, get him. It's. Oh, yeah, that's an. Is that another mom? It's. <laughs> mom! Everybody in their mums is packing out in the country. Mamas. Yes. Mamas, and I love this. I just... love just watching guys like drop people, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> and she did some real damage. She's like, her nose is clearly broken. <laughs> You're gonna arrest the entire town. Pretty much, yeah. That's and that's exactly what he does. <laughs> oh, this this wonderful this is a wonderful gag. 
How do they not notice him? They just don't care. <laughs> they don't know he's fired. They think he's just getting his stuff. They're not exactly the most vigilant officers I've ever seen in my That's life. That's true. Well, I mean, like, one of them was literally, like, they uh, labeled him as incompetent with all those things on the... Uh, oh, incompetent, rude. Yes. <laughs> Late for work and constant. All that stuff A is just pointing asshole. into him. Yes. <laughs> Why are you just reading my performance review instead of critiquing this movie? I love this this turnaround. <laughs> just oh, tell him you're out. You're clearly busy. <laughs> I need that in a gift. Me when I'm on a bad day and someone asks me for help. And then this shit happens. <laughs> you think that they? You think it's just like you know? You know his he's just had a late night and he's his hair's hair's oh, unkept, yeah. but. Oh, man. No, it's the one good pair of twins who will battle all the evil twins yes. in the other movies. Yes, indeed. Okay, so can someone explain to me the um, only one school children at a time joke? Because I, I don't get that. I feel it's like, funny, don't get me wrong, but I just don't understand it. Well, it's I guess just a lot of shops would will have a like a no loitering policy or a no large groups of teenagers policy. I've seen some malls that say teenagers can't come in with it without parents. So I guess teens, all you can do is play on your phone and do drugs now. Parks and mall, <laughs> the mall is gone. I feel so bad for teenagers. Yeah. What the fuck are you supposed to do? I mean, uh, I've heard some stores, like, they make you, like, leave your backpack if you're a kid at the front door, because they're afraid you're going to shoplift. Right. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, so they're, they're just stores who have a no-groups-of-kids policy, so uh, they just brought it in as a plot point. I don't I, think it's remarkably funny, but I like that you see it, and then it and comes, it comes into Yeah, it comes into play. Yeah. I, I guess the, um, the, uh, the lesson here is kids are shitheads, and you can only handle one at a time. I think the lesson here is kids aren't welcome, and that's sad, because kids should be able to do tomfoolery. What, what kind of... You don't let kids in the park. You don't let kids in the mall. Yeah. So the only places that kids are allowed to be are at home with their mommies and daddies watching them at family game night, or on the internet. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, this is. Uh, I'm not gonna this get is, angry here. <laughs> yeah, th th no. This is. I love this. This is actually uh, my uh, daily greeting to you. Just morning. <laughs> morning. Morning angle. You do. Morning angle. <laughs> and then this shit here, and it just unloads. Oh the, my god. The action in this sequence is really kind of amazing. It's like <laughs> the money shot of the whole movie is that it builds up to one action scene. And There's been no action through the whole movie, so it just feels so fucking epic. Yes, they. they well, I mean, Everyone's there's been there's been some action throughout it, but it's been so like it's been really quick or like really like it just there there really hasn't been a whole lot. But here, it's like a twenty minute of un uh, unabashed nonstop action packed. Uh, well, action it <laughs> just never stops. <laughs> I don't understand why that defeats her. I don't, oh, yeah, I don't understand why it defeats her. I don't know, but it's funny, and I like that. <laughs> oh, fun fact, that uh, shotgun that he's using, that's the same one that Arnold Schwarzenegger used in Terminator 2. Oh, that's fun. Yes. So I can tell that even with their guns, they're kind of referencing some some other action films. Oh, all guns look the same to me. Like uh, I said, th I'm, This I'm shit is funny. Baby. It's inherently funny to <laughs> see... It's inherently funny to see, Dual like, a, well, someone kind of equivalent to what you would expect to see, know as someone's mom or aunt, 
She's a Wheel- school teacher, I think. Yeah, but wielding du- wielding dual pistols, bicycling with a pissed off face. Like, that's just inherently funny. <laughs> I think it's this combination of heavy violence and small town quaintness. That yes. Is, yes. Is the one joke in the movie is heavy violence and small town quaintness. It's hilarious together. Yes. Yes. And then we, oh yeah, we have another cameo here with, with one of the barkeeps that uh, she's going to get shot in just a moment. But uh, that's actually Jessica Stevens from Spaced. Oh. Yeah, she, Daisy from Spaced. And she also wrote, like, half the episodes with Simon Pegg. Um, so she gets uh, another cameo Because I here. know their house manager, I think I saw earlier, the the, the landlady. Yes. That's, uh, that's the actual Marsh- bar owner. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's her getting shot right there. In the shoulder. <laughs> yep. No one dies, which is kind of amazing, because apparently Nicholas Angel is so freaking good at his job that... He doesn't want to kill anyone. He oh, just yeah. incapacitates them. And also, like we said, the quaint Not with the, the violent, with the quaint with the violent, a grandma with a machine gun is inherently funny. Oh, I love <laughs> that with that swoopy poop hair. Yes, yes, the poofy hair that vibrates with the machine gun. And then of course, up old men. Yes. Although I really love how this kind of style lends itself to good staging because. For an old man, it like especially someone who's his age, it's really hard to look convincingly and fight. You well, know, that's what I'm saying is that, that's where cuts help. Yes. The problem is when movies hire two thirty-year-old stuntmen. Well, what I'm saying is like to do the when same you build thing and cut when much. you build the entire style where the re- where uh, it that's only the uh, the sequence that they do it, and the rest is like you know wide angles kind of stuff. Yeah. But because it's consistent with the rest of the tone, it brilliantly fits in. Oh, yeah. You know. So, oh, yeah. and then, of and course, we have this. Tri- Fuck off, grasshopper. <laughs> Dual wields pistols and swears again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that's funny. It's, it's funny. It, it, that's another thing that, make, that makes it really funny is, you know, uh, priest, making priests swear. <laughs> that's but why he, you wear your vest. He says in the beginning it's regulation. Yes. You know, he follows the rules. Yes. And uh, I'll, this is there's another moment here coming up where I love where the the overcuttiness makes it really fun and just <laughs> crazy um, where he uh, cocks the gun. Yeah, right here. Because <laughs> there's like four uh, or five oh, shots. Oh, yeah, he cocks the gun and then the thing flies out and then you cut back to him cocking the gun again. And then this shit. Bam! <laughs> oh, you see the toe fly off. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I've never noticed that before. And then here comes the Bad Boys 2 moment where he cu- rises up, spinning camera, bitches. Swoop low with the telephoto. No <laughs> Your doctor, deal with slow. it. So, so Hannah, what are you thinking? I don't know. I'm thinking pub. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, and I also love, do you notice, it, it was, again, it was in there for like half a second when he throws the sign. The sign says, come in. Oh, no, I didn't <laughs> notice that. It's like another little welcome wagon thing. There's a lot of signs that say welcome when they're running out of Simon Skinner's. Yes. Oh, I love the, like, the, the dual pistols. Yes. Totally indulging in the cliche and just owning it. Hey, look, it's all the pub things. from World's End. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I think it might be one of them because, you know, like, there's only so many pubs that they could have used um, while shooting. So I think actually, um, I forget which one because, you know, they really try to hide it. Um, but I think that's actually the old familiar from uh, mm. uh, The World's End. I'll have to 
see because I, I'm pretty sure the the Winchester and then this pub are reused. In yeah, the they are. End, they are. But they're decked out completely differently. So. Well, uh, um, I don't think the the Winchester was redecked out for the World's End, but this one I'm pretty sure was. But they photograph it in such a way that it's not noticeable. Like, uh, well, I mean, obviously this is during the. <laughs> this, I love this line. Somebody call the police. <laughs> Oh, another thing I noticed before, just because I had the subtitles on, is you yeah. know how he's always like, yeah, boy, in uh, Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. Is um, when he orders the drink the first time, he goes, yeah, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so stupid, but I love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, um, well, it also helps because this, this, uh, this, uh, this movie takes place during the day and the world's end takes place at night. So you have it's a lot easier to hide it with angles and uh, in terms of lighting to make it look like an entirely different bar. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh, is it weird that um, when we see his glasses pulled up, his his glasses always feel like it's squishing his nose. Mm, they're unridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it is ridiculous. Come on, Frank, just just give in, you silly bastard. Let mom go. <laughs> you just need to, you just need to switch off. Frank is the one who needs to be switched off. Oh man. That's he... what. That's the lesson of this movie. Nicholas Angel. Ooh, that's that's a really wonderful little like dichotomy that the hero and the villain have. Good they, dog. They both need to. They're, they're both obsessive. And they need to switch off. Mm -hmm. That's their arc. Wow. Mind blown. Even this guy is a... <laughs> He's got something here. <laughs> of course, see, we have to repeat the line. <laughs> well, you see, like, I think in all three movies, like, a hero that's too obsessed with or stuck in the wrong place. Yeah. With Shaun of the Dead, um, the lead is stuck in his friendships and his old ways, like you might be when you're 20-something. Yeah. Stuck in your adolescence in, you know... Um, Hot Fuzz. He's it's a, obsessed with his work, like you might be during your thirties. And know. Gary King is obsessed with his past. Past, like you might be in your forties or fifties. Yeah, that's that's a really great recurring. I, honestly, I think that's it, that feat to me feels like an Edgar Wright thing because you can kind of see that sort of thing going on with Scott Pilgrim and even Baby Driver to some extent. Oh yeah. Like you know, uh, like uh, Baby is obsessed with his music and whatnot. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. But I think these are definitely specific stages in your life that you go through when you're you know in your 20s or 30s at least i can kind of see oh yeah you're too into yeah. your career you're too into your oh this group of friends from high school <laughs> he's finally got a good idea <laughs> <laughs> very good what did he said <laughs> that's because nick angel got here come the fuzz that's actually one of my favorite like driving songs is the the here here come the fuzz song here comes the fuzz doo -doo -doo -doo. oh shit <laughs> <laughs> it's a trolley boy <laughs> the what oh <laughs> oh you got a band-aid the hound is yeah the hound is gonna beat the shit out of him i, I, I just like love the, the oh yeah even right, lighting well even right here He's like, he's trying to be a good cop and trying to defuse the situation. But when he knows he can't, the only thing to do is to beat the shit out of him. And then this whole sequence is really great. I love, for some reason, like, photography or movie photography in uh, 
in stores are always really, really fun to do because they're just like nothing but claustrophobic aisles. So you can do like, you know, lateral tracking shots and just show all these different aisles and whatnot or go through them like this, almost like through The Shining. And <laughs> it's almost funny how much the products pop. Yes. In it, which gives it this weird it's commercial just vibe. It's just <laughs> <laughs> and a shitload of cutlery. Oh, get, uh, yeah, even right here, like you said, jam. like the jam, it looks like blood, but it's not. Uh, oh, yeah. that, that's that's some really good touches right there. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of bright yellows and bright reds and, in. And the blues, too. Yeah, blue. blue in blue. the p packaging that they chose. So everything's white except for these things. And it's almost like reference humor, but for commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and, it's and, what Food Fight wanted to be. Yes, it's what Food Fight wanted <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to be a later one. I watch too many shitty movies, you guys. No, no, Food Fight's... I love it. Food Fight's a piece of shit, but it's it's remarkable in how shitty it is. Oh, man. It's a miracle, really. It's kind of like The Room, where it's like, how did this get made? How did this not just Who become like a thing? Who paid money for yeah. this to be made? Well, yeah. what happens is basically, what if you were making The Room, and then all of the tapes got stolen, and then you had to remake The Room in a week? Oh, God. And it's basically why oh, Food Fight's bad. You say cool off? <laughs> Shame. <laughs> Distracted him the with a curly, curly monkey. monkey. Oh, you're off the fucking chain. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this whole sequence is just so great. I yes. Charge, bitches. <laughs> Actually, this look, this actually looks like uh, Black Friday to me. Oh yeah. Yeah, this well, I'm surprised this hadn't hasn't turned into a Black Friday tactic. Just getting a whole bunch of cop shopping carts and using it <laughs> just, just like, to lay siege against the Best Buy. This is how we're getting a smart TV next year. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we're getting our Xbox. Yeah. Oh man. Oh shit. Oh, I like it with their sad little box cutter. Yes. <laughs> Little bit of girl on girl action. <laughs> it's funny because it's sexist. Fruit attack. She's allowed to be sexist because she's the only Wait, woman. Were those so? Were those uh, workers defending the store like the others, or were they just throwing fruit at the bad joke? <laughs> oh shit! Going through the door. Get, why don't they just shoot him? Why didn't they just shoot him right there and then? They had guns. They were loaded. I guess it's because they need to indulge this cliche and also indulge in a, in a, in a high-speed chase pursuit where they also fire weapons so they can fulfill um, but Sergeant Butterman's dream. Oh, yeah. That's probably what it needs to be. I think Mythbusters did it, and it, it depends on what sort of dumpster you dive into. Yeah. But most dumpsters are not safe. No. I no. did work at a place where it would have been safe to jump off the roof of. Oh, wait. Cameo. Factory. That's that. Yep, that's um, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright's mother, along with their favorite teacher. No, right on. Uh, one of them was a recycling place for paper recycling, which is where I worked, and then the other place made uh, just foam. Oh well, that would have been totally fine. To <laughs> so, jump in. yeah, absolutely. I jumped out the roof at that building. Yeah, back when I worked at the ice cream shop, like I found, I saw dumpster divers going in there all the time. Not for the ice cream, but we were right next to a sewing machine shop. 
So that they are always going in and taking old broken sewing machines. To right. Fix them. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you can fix them up if you work. But... Yeah, and sell them. I mean, those yeah, are like 100 bucks. This chase sequence is awesome. <laughs> I love this one moment coming up. It's it, it, it's super funny. And bang, bang! <laughs> He's just such a Me child. Wait, bang, bang. Swan! <laughs> <laughs> I love this cut. The yes, that's real. That's straight out of Speed. Like when they the bus oh, jumps yeah. over the, uh, the the ramp in the, the the gap in the freeway. You don't have to remind me about Speed. I read a 19-page physics report on Speed. Oh really? <laughs> the requirement was five pages, but I just kept writing in depth about every stunt well, until they, I had well, a 19-page report on that sh Speed. That shit's fun. Oh, it is. They got the swan. <laughs> oh, swan secure. Yeah, swans are not nice. So also, I really great. love this one visual joke right here, which is they're so fucking dedicated to being a model village that they actually built a model village. Yes. <laughs> like that even ties in when he first arrived. Like there's the model village, but it's but you actually think, oh, it's just a mo <laughs> like the wordplay is just fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> And they even turn this little kid into like a badass, like oh, he can yeah. fight for himself. Yeah, oh, and that like, that shot right there where the gun smacks into his, his shot. A lot has to do with his story. Yes, I love that. That's like a wonderful, wonderful little like just a great insert joke, and like you know, uh, building on the comedy and this, just the absurdness of the situation. Stan versus Evil lampooned this scene in all kaiju movies at the same time. Yes, they they built a model. Oh, hey, they keep off the grass sign. The keep off the grass sign. That's, oh, that's funny. See, that's in all three of them too, isn't it? Yes, there's a keep off the grass sign that Gary King jumped over. Wow! This is great. I love finding these little details. Seriously. Like, I don't know how these guys do this constantly to make put in all these tiny little itty bitty teeny weeny details that constantly pop up the more you watch them. I love that. So freaking much. They're just small stuff, but it shows that they care about the background and set design. And yes, and there's and they always have this wonderful philosophy that there's there's always room for another joke, always room for one more itty bitty and joke. The jokes don't have to be in the dialogue or even in the foreground. The jokes can just be or just this, like a callback. Aaron Aronson. <laughs> <laughs> and then jokes can be small. Yes. Or yeah, they, a box cutter. But of oh, course, they can still be pretty big, like this. <laughs> the fucking this box insane. cutter. Yeah. Oh, and he trips on this his is own the first store. Effect I saw in my life is this thing. <laughs> it's so bad. And I so was nasty. Aaron A. Aronson at that moment. I think just I was like, his age. Just divert your eyes, to young Hannah. Divert <laughs> your eyes. No, in that moment, I was corrupted. And then, of course, this shit happens. Oh. <laughs> sound he makes is so pathetic. I remember watching this with my dad and like when that when it when he first got stabbed by that he was like ah oh, that wouldn't kill you like watch it just watch it just, and it's just like watch. this really hurts oh yeah well it doesn't kill him and he just cries it's funny and then damn it this shit has to happen like come on we've had our villain caught can't we just like oh look he's wearing driving gloves oh my god you're totally right oh he's... my god all assholes wear driving gloves yes that, that that's gonna be like a sub uh, a sub thing with us. Like all assholes wear driving gloves. That sounds like that's a good name for a band, Gary. You should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we have the point break moment. Can't do it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the way that comes back is so perfect. I love it. 
shot for shot. It's yes. Sound... And it still works in context. That's what makes it really funny. And then there's the metaphor of him destroying his own village in yes. his reckless pursuit. Swan! In his reckless pursuit. Destroy... That's... Re... Man, dude, the, the visual poetry is just impeccable. And I like they don't have to take a break for comedy. Do no, they don't. They don't because it just like, happens as you go. The shit happens. Like Ugh. you don't need to say anything. I can just imagine <laughs> Edgar Wright describing this movie, and then he gets in the car, and then he realizes, oh my god, the swans in the car, and then he just drives away, and then crashes into a tree, and they're just looking on like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> I like how it's the like least dramatic car crash there was. Yeah. Just like swerving, <laughs> and he's and, still oh. going, ow, ow. He's still crying, taking pictures. They're still taking pictures because they're because teenagers are such dicks. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh man. I love the kids. Here. <laughs> yep. And of course now the uh, the the chief constable from London is back and saying he wants him back. And I'm I, with Danny now. Yes, I'm with it. No, I've fallen in love. I'm kind of like it here in the country. It's 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 nice. And of course Aww. the paperwork. Koopa. Oh my god. Fowler. Yeah, Fowler. You can tell how much fun the actors had with this. Yes. Hatcher. Oh, Just make a scary face. (laughs) Yes, make a scary face and we'll we'll put you up in there. Armstrong. (laughs) Yep. And he still has the the thing in there. It's so funny. This is gonna take, and, and and it's funny because when he he mentions the paperwork, he says you can't incur that amount of violence without having a considerable amount of paperwork. And that's and what happens. Doing the considerable amount of paperwork. <clears throat> but and of course, you know the thing is, like they were actually talking to real police officers, and they're like, "Isn't there something that you, we, we can? <laughs> isn't there something we can actually address that no, <laughs> that that we can actually like you know acknowledge that happens with police work?" And they're like, "Paperwork. That's like the number one thing these things never do." And this movie fucking acknowledges it. It's awesome. Else, you're Amy Santiago from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like I'm three months ahead on my paperwork. She loves paperwork. Yeah. Amy Why is... Santiago and Nicholas Angel would be a great couple. Write that great, fan fiction too. A great detective team. Because Amy. No, Butterman. I would watch the Hot Fuzz Brooklyn Nine Nine crossover. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be so much. Fun. Have them work with like international agents or something. And so this is the one, two. the one question that of this movie that I. <laughs> Have a bit of a question mark. How does anyone survive this? How? How? Also, Butterman was shot in the stomach by a shotgun at close range. Granted, it was an antique one and it's not as powerful, but that's still a shotgun at close range in the abdomen. Uh, and even the fucking hedgehog survives. Seriously, how does this happen? Well, I could see a lot of the other people in the other room, like, having the explosion be buffered, but Nicholas Angel was pretty much right there. Right? If he had gotten, like, even just another ten feet away, it would have decreased exponentially, but I feel like he's far too close. Really, I think it's just the, because everything else was so absurd, this is just... A uh, big absurd ending. Why not? Yeah, because it, it's it's already a bit of a cartoony movie that has like that mm-hmm. zany, fast-paced, crazy humor that The Simpsons is famous for. So to have like a cartoon kind of you know damaged rubble station, mm-hmm. I guess works. I mean, I'll go with it. And you know, this upcoming reve- like reveal that you know Butterman is still alive. I like, like that they've got HF. I don't know what that actually stands for. But... Hot fuzz. It doesn't really stand for hot fuzz, like in police it code. It totally does. No, I know that in movie code it stands Shush, for Shush, you're ruining my headcanon. 
<laughs> no, but I mean, I'm guessing that's probably double entendre. It stands for hot fuzz. It's probably also a police marker of some sort that means something. Possibly. I, I forget. Of course, then this whole thing right here where it's just covered up. Oh, like, you already actually, know. You yeah. just know, like, that he survived where they co covered it up. So, like, because I feel like that should that could have been staged just a little bit better. That's just me. It's a little obvious, but yeah. it doesn't hold on it for so long that you're like, come on, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, but I still, because these guys are so freaking inventive and so smart, I'm like... You think it, they could have found a way to properly yes. bait and switch? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's just me. It's kind of like being a little disappointed by um, a, fav a teacher being disappointed by a favorite student. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... We only ask because you're clever and we wish you could have done it. Yes. So, and there's the title. Here comes the... Fuzz. Yeah. Yes. Would you guys watch a sequel to this movie, like a direct sequel? A direct sequel? That would be out of usually like the Edgar Wright line, but I I would. This is my favorite movie in the trilogy. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't I mind would, seeing these characters again. Preferably to to a sequel movie, I would watch a cop show. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Crime an episode type that, deal. This Maybe a, with a big bad, bad at the end of every season. Yeah. Although to be fair. It would be really hard to consistently be this good this in good. writing. Yeah. Um, although I do know that because, you know, this was before the days where the Cornetto thing started to catch on. Yeah. Um, they actually had a uh, a sequel for Shaun of the Dead in works. Oh, yeah. It was called uh, Shaun of the Dead 2 Shaun Rising. Oh, yeah. Or, oh. But one of the reasons I would watch this as a TV show, show more is because this spent all of its time referencing and lampooning kind of michael bay type action movie tropes yeah that cop procedural shows are such a common trend that oh, wait and nicholas angel yay yes! that to see them make fun of those cliches would be really refreshing and yes. nowadays you don't have to do a steady stream of of episodes you can make one season and that season can be nine episodes long and you can say yeah, Netflix will be back in 75 years for yeah. season two. Well, I mean... I've seen good TV shows where it's like, it's only five episodes and each episode's an hour long. Well, yeah, I mean, Spaced, yeah. Spaced was famously short. They they yeah. were begging for like a, a series three, but they never got it. In Britain, you don't aim for series three. No. You kind of aim for two season things, where in the U.S. there's more of a trend of keep going on for as long as possible. Yeah, which I usually, hate. Uh, I yeah. hate it. I, I don't think I've ever seen a show where after season seven, I'm like, this is still good. Um, Game of Rec. Thrones. Parks and Rec. Parks I liked, and Rec I'll take. I liked the yeah. last season of Psych because they were very aware. Of, they spent the whole season. Well, yeah. I mean, because when you have a like an actual end game involved, then I respect your show so much more because, you know, shows are still stories and stories should have like endings. And they shouldn't just drag on because if you sat me down and said, I'm going to tell you a story, but it's a story that never ends, I'd immediately walk away. I'm going to tell you the story with the intention that my story goes on as long as possible until you just give up and leave. Yeah. And that's when I have to rush and end my story. But I'd watch a solid two seasons of them just solving minor crimes. Yeah. Yeah, just around the the uh, um, the countryside. The swan escaped again. The swan I escaped see what again. happened with recycling bin man. Like remember <laughs> the end of like Incredibles one where they're like, "What happens with the underminer?" I'm like, I want to know who's fucking with the recycling bin, <laughs> and will he get a steady fine? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing these characters again. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm I'm still kind of glad that it's still just going to be its own thing because, again, it's so hard to write stuff this consistently good. 
um because because obviously it takes a really really long time because i mean i know for you know like uh, martha and i who uh, write regularly just cutting the fat is like a it takes eons to process you know uh -huh, yeah i think it's just a matter of like getting it up on the screen and i mean like i write fiction so it's really easy for me to just blabber on and on and on but when you have a budget yeah and film and that stuff i think it, i think for me that setting encourages me to cut the fat like i tried writing a comic book and it's like i made it like as brief as possible because well, i knew someone's gonna have to sit down and draw this yes well that's actually like you know a benefit like um mm -hmm. uh, when you have um uh limitations that that means your box is narrowed and that means you know you're when you don't when you have limitless choices you don't know what to pick but when you have limited you there's like stuff that you can see that would be better or worse or an idea that you could have never conceived of if you had limitless potential you know so um know your limits master wayne you know? <laughs> and avoid <laughs> adjectives <laughs> and if you ever have writer's block give yourself some limitations yes it's always fun even if it doesn't turn out good, it'll make your brain work differently. Mm -hmm. Or write something that is purposely bad. That's not, yeah, that's not a bad idea either. Just like, like to get something out. Yeah, don't, yeah. The trick is to not give a shit. Yeah, don't, don't, well, I mean, you're supposed to give a shit, but don't give a shit. It's somewhere don't in the middle. Don't take yourself seriously, even though you take your work seriously. Like, yes. Like it's, an Edgar it's a Wright film. It's a fine be line. laughable, but still a Oh, you care topic. about being good, but he doesn't... I don't think he ever cares about being deep or trying to make the best thing ever made. Mm. He just cares about doing the job well. Yes, and right? he does. Because this, this movie Quentin is... Quentin Tarantino? Sorry, I just saw his name on the thing. Oh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino uh, gave some input on this, too. Ah, nice. so. I also saw that he used uh, some Robert Rodriguez audio. Yes. Like a song called Avenging Angel. Yes. Funny enough. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're like BFFs, because, like, you know, everyone in the film industry knows everybody. I can't believe this movie's over 10 years old. It really oh, is crazy. Oh like, wow, yeah, like, you're right. It's 12 years old. The movies that aged well, this is definitely this Definitely. Oh, dude. Then again, like 12 years isn't really a lot. Oh, dude, are you kidding movies, me? Like, so. we will be watching this movie till the end of fucking time. Oh, yeah. I saw it as a kid. I love it as an adult. I will show it to more kids. Because it, it's also a good intro to, you know, all that reckless violence. But to have a hero who ultimately follows the rules and is a pretty good guy. Yeah. It's like you get to see explosions, but only if it's done by a man who does everything by the book. And is Be very a good child and very responsible. Nick Angel Jr. There's this one like early comedian that I've been meaning to check out because like it's, it's like a predecessor. He's like a predecessor of Charlie Chaplin because Charlie Chaplin was this crazy character in a normal world, but this guy he was a normal character in a crazy world, and it's silent film comedy. And I've seen a few clips, and it's really what sort of stuff did he do? I might know um, him. A lot of stunt work. Is it Buster Keaton? He's the one that fell down, broke his neck, and then kept on. Yeah, yep, I'll show you. Buster I will show you the general yeah. later. We should do some Buster Keaton because honestly, oh um, yeah, dude, totally muting it wouldn't bother us. Yeah, no, well, that's, <laughs> well, that's true. Um, well, and it, some it, Charlie Chaplin. I want. Well, it depends on you viewers out there. Like, leave us a comments if you got either you know Chaplin movies or uh, just anything in general. We got old films, new films, oh yeah, dude. films, bad uh, films, good films. films. <laughs> It's the yes. list is literally endless and there is no stopping us. Um, just it's just uh, just uh, uh, stuff that you guys have seen plenty before because we will spoil the living shit out of them. Yeah. And to quote Queen, don't stop me now. now.
Because I'm having a good time. Giving a good time. Stop beating me. Kill the... Get, get, Martha, get the door. Hannah, kill the queen. The music. <laughs> That's not treasonous to us. No. Uh, you do not kill the queen. Queen Elizabeth II is a fucking gem. I know she is. I know. Good lord. I would be I'm honored just... to be in her presence. Just, your majesty. Oh. Will you use that, voice, that very gay voice? It, yes. Because I'm so flabbergasted. You guys are really monarchists because everything compared to Trump is just amazing. Oh, please. No. That's not. We're well, not going to be that type of podcast. No, 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 no. no. I cut this political jargon. We're not going to know. No. no, I think uh, I think it's just a because well, now that the movie's well over, um, what are you guys thinking? Pub? Pizza. Pub. She said she got it right. <laughs> but, pizza, but I will go for pizza and a pub yeah. too. And right? you're a teetotaler. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fish so, and chips. There we go. Fish, fish and chips. There we go. Yes. So, and so in the comments, give us your uh, links to your uh, Andy Wainwright x Andy Cartwright fan fiction. And any yes. other fanfics we requested that you write during the course of this podcast? Well, we requested a lot. Yes. And um and hope you enjoyed. Yeah, we'll yeah. see you we'll see you all in the third installment and just be there because it's all for the greater good. We'll see you the, the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. The greater good. All right, thanks. We'll see you at the world's end. Hey! <laughs> Contract is hosted by Tim Leipheit, Hannah Sapniewski, and me, Martha Wreckers, and was originally created by Tim Leipheit himself. If you have any questions or suggestions for a future show, leave us a comment or reach us at contract.podcast at gmail.com. Like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page. This has been an episode of Contract, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Thank you and good night. <laughs>